Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. But actually, now I'm here, I'm really busy, you know. I'm executing about seven shows at once. And then also dealing with new ideas, getting other stuff through, and then internal politics and all that kind of stuff just takes up takes up loads of time. That sounds like I'm moaning, but it's um, but that's you know that's and that's just Dave. And presumably, if you're at Channel Four or BBC, and it must be the avalanche of, must be enormous. But I every day I do get sent random stuff. You know, generally it's two comedians from the 90s in a camper van driving around, driving around Britain <laughs> looking for unusual cheeses or something or, or setting up a pub with somebody from the 90s mm. uh, which, yeah um, if you've got that idea, don't please don't bother it's not, it's really <laughs> not it's really not going to happen, unless you've got advertiser funding, then we'll look yeah. at it yeah. um, Hello and welcome to the Ask the Industry podcast, episode 40 for those of you new to the show my name's Simon Kane and this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, writing, comedy, radio, and today, TV. Ian Coyle is the comedy commissioner for both Dave and UK TV. This is quite an in-depth interview, and it's one that I think will give a lot of value to anyone who wants to write for TV, or who has an idea for TV and wants to try and get it commissioned. We talk about how to get your show commissioned. His email address is in here, so that's worth listening to at least. He explains what Dave is looking for, what Dave is not looking for, and his thoughts on just making stuff and getting it out there on your own networks and trying to not pitch it to TV channels straight away, but trying to find an audience for it on your own and how if the idea is good enough and you find your own audience, there'll be a path to your door and they'll come running for you. We talk about the value of social media for artists and the future of TV with the internet increasingly taking up more and more of people's attention spans, including when they're watching TV and they're actually also on their phone. It was a really great interview. He's really self-aware and he really knows the TV industry so well. Uh, I think it'd be great for anyone who is interested in writing for TV or who has an idea for something for TV who, or maybe even someone who has sent something off to a comedy commissioner and it wondered what happened after they hit send on the email. Before I hit play on the interview, I want to very quickly tell you about something that I've been working on for two years. It's a book and it's called How to Make a Living by Working for Free. It is my second book and it is out today. It's a how-to guide for artists and freelancers on how to build their own audience around their work using free content online. So if you're enjoying my free content and you want to support me, feel free to buy a copy. 
you can do it today via Indiegogo. There should be a link in the notes for this episode of the podcast, so if you look in your podcast player. But also, there will be links on my website, in the show notes for this specific episode. So if you go to simoncain.co.uk forward slash books forward slash how to make a living by working for free, you can find all the details in the book there. If you go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T-L-Y forward slash how to make a living by working for free, that'll take you to the page where you can pre-order it on Indiegogo. If that doesn't work, it should work. I've tried it about a million times in the last two days to make sure it does work. Just go to Indiegogo and type in how to make a living by working for free. You'll find it there. It's £5 for a digital copy, £8 for a paperback copy. Can't really say fairer than that. Genuinely, it's taken me so long to write this and get it right and get it sorted. I'm ecstatic to have it out. If you're loving this podcast, you are evidence that the book works in helping to find me an audience for something that I wanted to do, which is a talk internet radio show for the comedy industry. The next step of the book is trying to find a way of actually making some sort of money back on the investment and time and effort that you put into it. The book explains how that works, how you can do it yourself, And so if you really like what I'm doing and you really love this content and you would like to help me out, please feel free to buy yourself a copy. Like I said, it's a fiver. It costs you £5 to help me keep creating stuff and you get a book out of it. Thank you very much for doing that. If you do, honestly can't express how much it will mean to me if I can sell enough copies of this that I actually can make back my original investment at least on how much it costs to produce the book. Anyway, that's enough from me. Without any more delays, this is Ian Coyle. There's another name for another show. I'm not ashamed of anything anymore. <laughs> the anymore is the key word. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, you were saying a second ago about commissioners being um, sort of, uh, what's the word, reserved or, or not taking chances. Uh, risk adverse. Yeah. I think it's not just about um, commission, not necessarily commissioners. I think it's channels are risk adverse. Um, what I was meant by that is that the proliferation of channels, you think, you know, from when I first... We started working in telly um, just after the war. Um, you know, there were only four channels, and now there are hundreds. So and, you you'd, and you'd imagine, therefore, that would give much more opportunity. But actually, it's the opposite case because everybody's just doing facsimiles of the same thing, that, and people are cha- all chasing the same few viewers, so they, to, rather than, and they know what their advertisers will pay for that type of program so it just stifles creativity which is which is you know the opposite of what should happen i think yeah i mean uh, for me like i said my day job is in i write jokes for twitter yeah and i know how low adverts pay yeah. in terms of especially online it costs per click and stuff but it turns out i mean that tends to be the thing that most people go for because they think it's the most consistent way of making money yeah but in my opinion i don't feel like it is i mean this podcast alone, i get i have patrons for it that kind of sponsor it and it feels like channels maybe uh, maybe should adopt a different method for what they're doing in terms of tv or do you think sort of crowdfunding comedy yeah um yeah well i uh, i'll suggest that i mean i I, <laughs> I don't know i mean i i'm s- s- somewhat hamstrung by the by the by the nature of what uh, what i'm doing i mean I, I try to fight the good fight from from inside and try and push people to take chances and take risks and stuff but i mean by the nature of the channels i work for mostly work for dave and you know that's a it's a it's a changing place and are getting a, a you know we're getting a, a bigger foothold in the uh 
in the industry I mean there's a lot of different reasons for that mostly because everybody else is shot almost <laughs> you know yeah. BBC Three shot Channel 4 don't seem to have any confidence in comedy anymore mm. so you know Channel 4 was always the place that we would break new talent when I was a kid when I was a mm. kid that doesn't exist anymore so you, you're left sort of with E4 and God forbid ITV2 the words ITV and comedy the two things should never be no. said in the same sentence so as a consequence we're, we're now becoming a bit of a you know a bit of a player and we, and we're dealing with some really you know top talent stuff but that at the same time you know it, what's frustrating is that we're not really yet in a position where we can break new talent which I would love to be able to do work with more talent I mean as I talked to you, talked to you earlier on about um <clears throat> Uh, I look after the Alan Davis, Alan Davis as your untitled show, which is mm. basically just some comedians sat down talking. In fact, the pilot was called "Some Comedians Talking," um, <laughs> and um, <Nailed> it. <laughs> and uh, I always try and ensure that there's a space there for somebody who is, is supposedly new talent. Although you know they've probably been doing it for fifteen Ten years, years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. incredibly Overnight. successful. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, because I think it's really important that the you know the gene pool is is widened a bit because mm. actually it's getting there's less and less people being used and it's really really hard I mean I was talking to a couple of agents who made exactly the same point to me uh, yes only yesterday and they're you know big 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 agents you know uh, and Avalon and Hannah Chambers and that people are just basically saying it's really hard now to get people get break people on telly because there's there's just nowhere to go you know so there we are. Well, I, I hate telly. <laughs> well, you're in the right <coughs> industry. Aren't yeah. You? Well, the, the the thing is, is uh, okay. So I mean, a lot of comedians, especially at my level, and maybe because yeah. I'm five years in, so maybe yeah. five to ten years in. Yeah. Talk about how. Uh, I mean, because it'd be interesting to know from your perspective. Is it? Do you do you get stuff from production companies, or do you produce a lot of stuff in house? Because there are production companies that are like owned by people like Avalon. Yeah. So they put their own acts on. Yeah. And so that's why you get a lot of the same faces over and over again. And also, a lot of audiences want to see because they like the familiarity. Yeah. They like to see the same people. But like you said, it would be great if you know there was a space for someone who's new or someone that hasn't had that chance yet who is good uh, I, it's, it's really difficult because I mean it, by the very nature of it and the way the system works at the moment and the way broadcasting works it generally will be it is just ten, tends to be from the same three or four agents that where new people are coming through and I, I mean I, I think you know a lot of people are very down on, on those agents and I just think well you know it's working you know <laughs> you can't you can't diss them that they're the ones who are actually making things work you know and and also they are bringing through some really good you know really interesting mm. talent but yeah i mean i, I think I, I don't i don't i don't really know what the answer is other than the the fact that somebody uh, a channel puts some money and some confidence behind stuff and takes a chance which isn't just driven by Bums on seats, you know. It, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're working for a um, uh, an, an advertising, uh, an advertising funded channel, then it's all about bums on seats, and it's depressingly so. I didn't realise until I started working in commissioning and working for a channel how just how depressingly important that is. And uh, you know, we we have to do so. Every time we're going to do a, a TV show, we have to do something called called uh, our, an ROI form, which is a return on investment form. Which you basically have to predict how many people are going to watch it, how much money you're going to make from advertising revenues, and, and basically a bottom line of how much money it's going to either make or lose. I mean, it, it, 
generally it's good if it's a positive ROI, mm-hmm. but the, but but you know they try and put a value on on the on the the PR and the and the good that it does for the channel As well. reputationally, yeah. But um, so actually that system in itself is kind of inbuilt to stop you taking risks, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, but I'm still trying, you know. I'm still pushing, um, but trying You're to. With us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I don't, you know, I think it's uh, like everybody else. I want to make fun, new, interesting stuff. And the, what's what's ironic about that ROI ROI form is that you have to offer a show that's similar or in the same territory, so they can predict how many people might watch it. And yeah. you go, well, there is nothing like this because it's yeah. new. It's it's a new show. It's it's innovative and brilliant. Yeah. So. Just any, just put one of those a show that gets lots of people viewing it, as that that'll be the example. Well, so. yeah. The, the, <coughs> the interesting part for me is um, so uh, I can't remember what it was, but I, heard, I saw a quote a while ago that mm. said, um, "If you win an award for something, yeah. it's because they've compared you to things they've seen before yeah. and said you're just as good as that." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, and it yeah. sort of it sort of makes me feel good because I've never won an award, no, so I must be doing something well, exactly. <laughs> non-commercially yeah, yeah, viable. Yeah, I think what you're what you're doing is people they just don't understand it. That's the thing. <laughs> You know, I think they're not. You know, they're not good enough to understand. That's that's the thing. I wish my ego was big enough yeah. to, to say that. But it's, I mean, it's interesting because I said to you, like I said to you before, uh, the thing that annoys me about comedy stand up, anyway, yeah. live stand up, is I spend most of my time driving, which yeah. is not what I want to do. I want to spend most of my time on stage. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine for people who have like scripts or radio ideas or whatever, yeah. they spend most of the time getting rejected <coughs> by production houses and by, in the nicest way, probably commissioning editors like yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, the, the weird thing about being a commissioning editor is you don't actually really get to commission anything, um, <laughs> because really. You're a, you know, it's a terrible cliche, but you're a gatekeeper. So you basically, you know, I've got lots of friends in comedy and lots of friends in telly, and so they'll they'll come to me with ideas, and then I have to then sell it internally to some other people who aren't necessarily haven't necessarily got lots of experience in comedy, lots lots of um, entertainment TV friends. So it's you know, it's, having been freelance for about twenty three years before I, you know, producer and writer and stuff, uh, before I became a commissioner. It's quite similar. It's just different people saying no, and uh, it can be just as it's just as frustrating. It really is. But I think you know, I I made the switch. So I've, I've been a commissioner now for about two and a half years, and I made that switch partly through uh, a desire for stability, <laughs> yeah. um, but also I thought it may be, it might be an e- it might be a, a better way to get things done really I mean because it just gets it's it's frustrating as you as you know being a freelance person and and not you know getting frustrated by idiots so I decided to become one of the idiots <laughs> so um, and I'm, and I'm sure people because I always say uh, and all the commissioners say oh yeah it's fine I'm not like the others I'm different but you know at the end of the day you still you turn into a right fucking idiot you know and and you, and you try I try not to, cl- to bring out the old cliched um, replies to people but I do you find yeah. yourself saying the word noisy all the time and you think oh god I'd listen to myself sound like a fucking TV wanker but you know that's essentially because I am a TV wanker <laughs> now so there we are what's what that quote we... you always become the thing you hate yes absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. alcoholic um, uh, 
TV commissioner, yeah. Well, it's, uh, so, okay, <clears throat> the internet has obviously made it easier for people to make stuff and put it online yeah. and, just, and just go and find their audience. And for me, I mean, with, I, I don't know what I'd be doing without the internet, really. Like, I, I, I don't know how I would stay in touch with people that like what I do. I don't know how I would be trying to, you know, reach out to find new people that might like what I do. But, I mean, do you think... So, for example, you've got, like, an on-demand service on Dave yeah. online. I mean, do you think, like, maybe, like, even Plus One channels and things like that are becoming, like, outdated now because of the internet making it... I think... I, I, th- I went through a period of worrying about telly and worrying about, you know, whether anybody will need telly in, in 10 years' time. But um, as someone who's been involved in making content, you know, all my career... It's, I just look at it, I think, well, people will always need content, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter where it is. If it's good, it will find an audience. And uh, I, I think people's ability to make stuff online and to create their own material is fantastic. It, just, it gets rid of that frustration of having to go through a TV wanker. Um, you can make it yourself, you know. And, and actually now that's the best way to pitch as well because uh, I can then because rather than you know I when I was pitching I would you know write a two page outline of an idea and, and then go in and try and sell it off the back of that very little stuff now gets done off the back of that unless it's got you know Dara Brian's name attached mm. to it um, very little stuff gets done on it because you know you can show the head of your channel the mm. shiny beads of moving footage and go look that's amusing you know, yeah. look, enjoy that. Do you see yourself that laugh noise you made there? We could do that yeah. in a longer form <laughs> with some more money behind it. So, you know, I, I think that's the uh, it's absolutely the best way. And it's also because technology now is so much easier, and, and everybody can sort of edit a bit with hooves, can't they? You know, um, oh Christ, I've commissioned some shows that's been edited by by hooves <laughs> in the last two years. Um, but, you know, it's the opportunities now to be able to get out there and make your own stuff and cut mm. out the frustration of it. It's great. And, and actually, if your stuff's doing well and people are coming to it, eventually some, some TV wanker will come and knock on your door. It's, it's bound to. Yeah. Unless it's shit. I don't know. You know. Well, no, uh, the, I think the, the thing is, whenever I talk to someone, I've got a lot of friends who have got like, yeah. a lot of TV ideas. And <coughs> most of it is, you know, a sitcom about their life. And yeah. Um, yeah. most of the time when they say it, they're like, oh, I really want to get it on TV. I just need to get yeah. it past the commissioner. It'd be absolutely yeah. fine. <coughs> and you're like, well, then you've got to get it past, you know, like you said, the ad people. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, like, for me, I keep saying, make a pilot, put it online. Yeah. And if it's great, there'll be a path to your door. Absolutely. Or at least Absolutely. one of them will. Because if it's not for Dave, for example, like yeah. you said, you've got a tone of voice that yeah. maybe doesn't lend itself yeah. to every program. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I only know that because my day job, I have to keep changing for tone of voice for writing. Yeah. But I suppose not everyone has that frame of reference. No, and I think also people are just... You know, they think they're right. <laughs> you know, and um, it's a comedian trope. No, absolutely. You know, they think they're right, and they think, well, what fucking? Why should I change my what I'm doing? People should come to me because it's fucking brilliant. And often it's not. You know, that's the mm. thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, th- I think also there is a perception within channels about what their tone of voice is, which isn't necessarily what their tone of voice is. And are you constantly, you know, that people, people within telly and within comedy sometimes just need a bit of perspective mm. um, you know just I'm just trying to think of an example I was like like um, so I do, the other channel I commission for is Gold which do all the kind of sitcom people watch Only Fools and Horses every day of their lives on there for some reason and um, uh, it's you know there's some fantastic stuff on Gold it's really really good but people refer to it as Gold TV and the channel <laughs> 
fucking hate it. But really? Just go, yeah, because it's because uh, the brand they spent all this money on branding it gold, and then people are still referring to it as gold TV, and it drives them mental. And you just go, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. What does it matter? It doesn't matter. It's like yeah. when Channel Five called themselves Five, and then everybody just called it. Ch- continued to call it Channel Five, yeah. and eventually they changed it back to call it Channel Five. It's just. Ugh, branding just makes don't get me started on marketing people it drives me fucking mad it's like uh, Santander <coughs> bought the sponsorship for Boris Bikes and yeah. everyone calls them Boris Bikes yeah, yeah. no one's ever going to call them Santander to be fair, Bikes to be fair they should be um, they, 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 they was um, organised before Boris so it should, Boris had nothing to do with it as usual it's claimed uh, it's claimed it's um you know, it just should be Red Ken bikes. That's what they should. That's what it should. It's but not quite it doesn't really go well. It doesn't really go well with Santander, does no, it? No, not at all. No, it's a, that's a whole. It's other Ken thing. Livingston. Ken Livingston bikes. That's that's it. That's it. You know, every time I see a bike and people refer to it as Boris bike, it hurts me because that means yeah. I think about Boris. Yeah. Um, well, for the, uh, this, I mean, this is sorry. This is bang on exactly what I'm. So, okay, I'll explain. This is slightly off topic. I, <laughs> at the time this will be going out, I'm doing yeah. a crowdfunding thing for my book, okay. my second book, because I got offered a publishing deal. Right. And I turned them down because they offered me a very shit, like they offered me no ex- advance, right. a very shit deal. And I've done another deal with the Guardian for my first book. Right. And uh, I remember saying to them, right, I'm going to go do it myself. I'm going to do a Kickstarter, and then I'll come back to you when I've shown you that it sells a certain number of books. Yeah. And they said, sure, if you can sell this number, we'll talk. And yeah. I was like, cool. <clears throat> and it just blew my mind. I was like they literally will if you have something good enough change everything do you know what I mean yeah 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 and absolutely. it feels like it's the same with TV from what you're yeah. saying where if like I could show you oh this video's got a million hits in a week why would you not talk to me about putting it into a uh, uh, you know that's you know that's how that's what that's how people that's that's the that's the opportunity now that people can make their own shit it's mm. fantastic but actually it doesn't necessarily and so you know people don't necessarily need telly people are obsessed with getting stuff on mm. telly you don't necessarily need telly and you know that whatever that how brilliant that thing is it's still got to fit with the tone of voice that that whichever channel is doing it uh, yeah. whichever channel you're trying to get it on this so you know you can make a fantastically edgy sketch show but no one's going to put it on ITV1. It's just no. not going to happen. You know? well, yeah. or they, well, they will, and they'll fucking ruin it before it goes out <laughs> by committee. That's yeah. what will happen. Yeah, they'll, they'll have a little meeting <coughs> and say, yeah. well, let's take those jokes out and just leave it as a, an, a yeah, bland absolutely. narrative. Yeah, there's a, a comedian I've worked with recently who's d- who did a... I better not give it away, but he did a, he did an ITV comedy thing, and it's a again, laughs. it was uh, yeah, yeah, yes, he's a really great mate of mine. No, oh, um, no, he's not. He's really not. Um, Just want to make um, that clear. No, he's absolutely not. Um, uh, but I know the guy who produced it. Oh, really? Oh, he kept he keeps, keeps strangely quiet about it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's mm, weird, isn't it? What a surprise! Um, no, um, I yeah, I, I thought you, when you were talking about your book, I thought you were going to and Boris, I thought you were going to talk about the fact he wrote a book about Winston Churchill, and I just found that just the most extraordinarily arrogant thing to do. <laughs> Whereas he's supposed to be fucking running London, and mm. now, and then he he spent all this time writing this book. You should, you should be fucking doing your work. Having meetings with people who you know make London better. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like, I think Obama <coughs> recently brought it, didn't he bring out an autobiography yeah. or something? And I was like, wait till you're done. Yeah, wait, you, you got know, a year left. You know, shouldn't you be sort of organised, sorting gun crime out or something? Yeah, we're not going yeah. to forget you the minute you leave. You've done a <laughs> lot of good. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're the one clearing up the crap from yeah. the last one. I, yeah, well, well yeah, but of course, Boris, by the time this goes out, Boris will probably be Prime Minister and that will be a... F- anyway. And I'll be living in France. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so... The question that got asked the most when, yeah. I, when I said I'm getting you on yeah. is what is the process going from 
I have an idea to getting it on TV. Now, obviously, it's not a linear <laughs> thing like that, but if you have like a, a rough, you know, like, I mean, how would you even get it in front of you, for example? Do you, I mean, would you, if someone just emailed you? Just send it you, me. Just yeah, email just it. send it me. It's not, you know. Are you okay to give your email address out on it? I don't uh, want to do it in case you don't Ian. want to. at uktv.co.uk. Um, you know, you just, you bet, well, that's fine. No, I, um, you know, fundamentally, what people have to remember are the first, the stuff I'd like to commission, and then there's things that I am allowed to commission. Right. So uh, the whole landscape would look very differently if I, could, if I had my own, you know, carte blanche to do anything. No one would watch it, but I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but um, I'd enjoy it. Um, I mean, but basically, the, the, it's all about risk aversion at um, television, and that's depressing, but it's true. So if, you know, if you've got an idea, uh, and it's a brilliant idea, and you can attach a big name to it, then that will really help. If you are uh, can get into bed with a production company that people trust, um, which, again, will uh, mitigate people's fears, um, then, you know, that will help. Uh, but fundamentally, if it's a really brilliant idea and it's really funny... I will. I can help with all those things and try and put and push stuff through. So, you know, it's all. About, I think I need when I work on stuff. I need to trust that the person I'm working with has got funny bones because I've made a couple of shows since I've been there. I'll mention no names uh, with producers I didn't really know, and they've been shit because the, they actually didn't understand comedy. They didn't understand what they were doing and you know the first rule of being a, a producer is to lie through your teeth you are, you know what you're doing so, so so with regard to a timeline or anything like that there isn't one really and there isn't you know there isn't we don't have specific slots we don't have specific amounts of money to pay for stuff it's a really amorphous thing I don't really know how much money we have in the pot ever and I don't some like one week they'll say, they'll come to me and say oh right that's it we're pretty much spent up for the year on day that's it there's no slots available and the next they'll come in the next day and go fuck we've got two million pounds just arrived and we need to spend it if we don't if we don't spend it before september we won't get it again uh next year and i went where the fuck did that come from who is the who are these people who just released the bird scrimmed where did they find that i don't really know who's in charge of the money to be honest with you no one quite knows but um but it's some complicated because so uktv is owned half by uh, BBC Worldwide mm. and half by this American company called Scripps who'd got mm. the Food Network in the States and stuff. So it's a weird, it's a kind of weird, bored um, uh, Illuminati of, um, uh, of uh, Americans and, and the BBC, which is, again, quite odd because we're, we're a sort of rival to BBC Worldwide, mm. but at the same time, they half own us, which is kind of a very strange relationship. Mm. But, you know, it seems it's fucking working. It's doing, they're doing, you know, we've doubled our commission in slate in in two years so you know something's going well and i think it's partly to do you know what we're doing and is good and um i'm brilliant um <laughs> but also the landscape's changing as i said before you know bbc3 is disappearing channel four less co- uh, confidence in comedy there's less places to go and it gives us more opportunities you know and uh you know when you know we're doing stuff with alan davis and you're doing stuff with dara and you know we've we're getting and dave gorman you know all those names and we and the kakanori um show that we do 
and the Iron Davis show that we do, the names we can get on that, it's mm. just extraordinary. The, the chances of uh, being able to do that five years ago it's, it was, was zero. So mm. it, it's you know it's it, we're still a long way to go, but it's it feels quite an exciting place to be. Yeah. You know, all our ratings are going up while all the other channels' ratings are going down. We're the only people who, who, whose ratings are going up. That's quite extraordinary, I think. Yeah. And we had a big briefing today at the, uh, we're at the TV festival, and we had a big briefing today at the TV festival, and there was a talk by the some of the heads of heads of UK, UK TV and they didn't make that point strongly enough you know we're the only people who do actually you know growing which is fantastic so I don't know what, what was the question oh yeah timeline so yes yeah, so somebody sent to me I will if I like it I'll champion it and I'll talk to my direct boss who's the head of commissioning through it generally then I will talk to uh, Steve North who's the head of uh Dave and, and Gold and and uh, Watch now as well um, and we we'll, we'll try and agree and then then you get you then you get into budgets then you get into schedules all that kind of stuff that sounds very easy but it, no. it's not it's really not that's like six months of talking uh, sometimes more sometimes um, undercover that uh, they just did a, sit, uh, a yeah. scripted a sitcom thing that were basically it's been three years so that and it's gone through it went through about five different commissioners in its time but you know they persevered they kept going and uh, uh, Andy Milligan and Baby Cow they kept on pushing and pushing and it's and it got and it got done you know yeah, it's baby cow though it's yeah well exactly yeah, yeah. but you know <clears throat> but sometimes somebody can come to with me with a, to me with an idea and i will i can partner them up with people you know yeah. I, I've, if i really like stuff because no one you know the best will in the world no one's going to turn around and give you a prime time sitcom they're just not no. well they might give you a prime time but they're not going to give you because you haven't got a production company you haven't got any you haven't got any experience of, mm. of uh, it's not just experience it's just again it's risk aversion if they know, if it's got Hattrick written on it or Baby Cow written on it or Talkback written on it or something you know, even though Talkback isn't Talkback anymore you know what I mean yeah. it's got no yeah, yeah. that's the weird thing sometimes production companies just completely check like Tiger isn't mm. Tiger anymore Anymore, but it's still got a fantastic name, yeah. and people just feel a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. I know it's, it's actually quite depressing, but it's true. Yeah. You know, it's it's just so if someone has a great idea, and they're not, they don't necessarily have the of the background or the support. I'll, I can I can partner them with somebody else. That's, that's fine. It's easy. It's easy done. So um, yeah, so that was quite hopeful. That really. Yeah. <laughs> more. So please don't get any ideas. <laughs> uh, no, that, no, that makes me feel really good. Actually, mm. it's going to sound really odd, but yeah. um, I approached a different channel yeah. for you just because I thought it would work better there. Yeah. And um, I emailed them the idea, but I emailed them a second page with just statistics of other right. stuff I've done right. and views and yeah. downloads and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And they said they loved the second page way more than the first page. Like they yeah. loved the idea, but they were like, no one ever sends us. You know, yeah. like because no one else is putting stuff online, yeah. and no one else is trying to. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, there was probably too many words on the first email. <laughs> that's the thing. It was that's half a page. It was like yeah, that's you know that's a quarter of a page too much probably. You know, <laughs> um, you just want no, one, like, one line. No, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I'll sit, I'll sit and read scripts and stuff. But again, I then have to then refer it to people who you know who don't and won't. I mean, that's that's slightly unfair, but. Uh, I think we're quite we're quite good at that sort of thing, but I certainly you know having uh, pitched and worked for production companies and with other channels, I know that to be the case. People don't get past the first fucking page, mm. and um, so there's no point you know mm. making some elaborate. 15 page document because people won't get past the first page and that's mm. depressing but true but then you know the, 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 every day you get an avalanche of stuff you know that's the other thing is 
I, I remember when I when I was pitching to Dave. And, so you uh, weren't working though, this was when you were Yeah, right? when I was a freelancer, okay. I pitched to Dave, and I, I, I learned so much with even in the first week of coming in and being a commissioner as to what, what the fuck I was doing wrong. A, I was pitching stuff that they didn't want. You know, I was pitching them mm. um, panel shows with new, new uh, talent. A, they don't want panel shows, and B, they don't want new talent. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but they were great shows. I've still got the formats if anybody's interested. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, what was I saying? I can't remember now. Um, but uh, it's uh, it, yeah. So having been in to other other and pitching stuff to other uh, um, broadcasters, it's you know people just don't they don't they don't have a uh, you know they don't have a mental capacity to, yeah. <laughs> to get past the first page. But you know you do. So oh, what I was going to say was that when I went in and, and pitched something and they didn't get back to me from Dave within like a week mm. I was like fucking furious what are they what are they doing <laughs> how long does it take to say oh I want to uh, well let's put another 15 episodes of uh, Top Gear on and oh should we have 15 episodes of uh, QI or should we have um, uh, an, another have I got news for you instead fucking lazy but, but actually now I'm here I'm really busy you know I've got, <laughs> I'm executing about seven shows at once and then also dealing with new ideas getting other stuff through and then internal politics and all that kind of stuff just takes up takes up loads of time that sounds like I'm moaning but it, it's um, but that's you know that's and that's just Dave and presumably if you're at Channel 4 or BBC and it must be the avalanche of, must be enormous but I every day I do get sent random stuff you know, generally, it's two comedians from the '90s in a camper van driving around, driving around Britain, <laughs> looking for unusual cheeses or something, or or setting up a pub with somebody from the '90s. Mm. Uh, which, yeah, um, if you've got that idea, don't please don't bother. It's not. It's really <laughs> not. It's really not going to happen unless you've got advertiser funding. Then we'll look yeah. at it. Yeah. Um, unless you've got Richard Herring and Stuart Lee. We don't it. have to pay for it. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think Stuart would do it. No, he doesn't. Uh, I don't think he'd, he'd, his audience would be on Dave. I don't think no. he wants to attract the audience that no, Dave might absolutely. do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's because I I totally understand what you're going on about. I think I think some people listening might not because, yeah. like like I said, freelance writer, I write yeah. for the internet a lot, and uh, the internal politics of so they'll they'll email me and say, hey, we need a hundred jokes around tea. Because yeah. you're going to do it for PG tips, or yeah. you're going to do it for telly, or whatever. <laughs> and then I'll write a hundred of them, and then they'll send me back an email, and they'll say twenty of them were good, ten of them would just be offensive, ten of them are legally, con- con- you know, yeah, compromising yeah. or yeah. whatever. And and it's just, and it's going back and forth, and you'll spend a day writing, and you'll end up with three jokes yeah. that they'll be able to use. Yeah. And people will look at it and go, "You just wrote three jokes in a day." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I really didn't. Yeah. I sat down, and I had to write a hundred T puns, yeah. and nobody liked any of them internally, and that's why it looks like I'm doing nothing. Uh, it's a tone of voice is a, is a uh, you know, it, that's the that's the thing. If you you need to, if you're going to pitch to any channel, you need to understand what the tone of voice of the channel is. And even if it's not your tone of voice, I mean, it's a it's a creative challenge. That's what it is. It just it gives you some different para- parameters, parameters than you than you normally than you normally deal with. And you know that that you really need to know the audience because actually, you know, you can send me stuff and it's a, a complete waste of time. It's a non-starter because it's not the right tone of voice. You know. Do you have a tone of voice on your website that people can look at? I mean, it's fairly obvious no, what it is. No, not really. Well, yeah, it is fairly... I mean, it's, I think people also have the perception who don't really watch it that much that it's it's like laddie Top Gear. And um, I, think, I think probably it was for once. But, but I suppose the answer to that question, really, even though you didn't ask me a question, is, um, is that 
that audience is safe we've got those people actually we want to bring other people in so it's you know it's a, it's a cleverer audience well if you look at the majority of the stuff that I make and, and the stuff that we commission on Dave it's generally quite bright stuff it's quite clever stuff and because you know all the stupid Dave viewers they're all taken care of they're fine they can w- watch Lizard Lick Towing and, and Top Gear that's fine and you know there's nothing wrong with that that's, that's fine that's, mm. that's, that's good they, they both get massively loyal audiences but um you know, I think you know Taskmaster and Dave Gorman and the Alan Davis Show and Ross, the Ross Noble Free Willie and stuff. They're you know they're they're quite clever ideas and they're quite you know bizarrely highbrow. When it, when you talk about Dave, you don't think about highbrow, but it is quite highbrow. It's quite clever stuff. So it's sort of, I guess it's sort of the stuff BBC Two used to do, or even Channel Four when Channel Four was Channel Four. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you know, I think. Um, but you, but again, you fundamentally need to understand what your audience is. So, so I, I commissioned for Dave, and I commissioned for Gold, and, and supposedly commissioned for Watch, but it's not really my mm. area. Um, but so, Gold again is a, is a very peculiar audience of mm. comedy geeks and Daily Express readers. Um, it is, um, you know, they will watch um, uh, Only Fools and Horses every single day. And God knows if you know if if ever ever somebody somebody you know got in yew tree from Money Fields and Horses and wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to broadcast that then that channel would be fucked. <laughs> um, but now we're making original stuff for that for that channel as well, and you know that's interesting because the new stuff we make for for that channel has to almost feel that it is classic already. That's mm. really hard, really yeah. really hard. I mean, I do. I, I I don't. I haven't done. I'm not looking after the scripted stuff for 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 gold, but I I've done a lot of um, archives type mm. shows for them, and which are, which are great fun to do as well. Because you know, I'm I'm a comedy geek. I enjoy comedy. I love it. So it's you know it's incredibly rewarding for me mm. to, to to make shows I actually want to watch. It's mm. really good fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's part of what you just said is partly the reason why I gave up trying to get my thing on a channel. Yeah, because I thought. I, as much as I could adjust it for your tone of voice yeah. I want to do what I have an idea for and yeah it's the whole comedian I'm right you're wrong but it, but the point is, is that when I go on stage I do the thing I want to do yeah. and it's the same thing carrying through from that ideal yeah. if that makes sense yes you've got a bigger audience that it could go out to but how many of them are going to like it and how yeah. many of them you know what I mean and that's it you know it's um, but that's where we are at the moment yeah. you know we've changed massively in the two and a half years I've been here the, the Dave is Transformed itself extraordinarily, and actually, in two years' time, God knows what will happen. You know, we're, you know, everybody's talking about they want, we should, you know, do a Saturday Night Live, or you know, or to do a Daily Show. Everybody wants to do one of those. And all comedians think we should have those shows on. I mean, it's slightly more problematic with 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 Dave because they like to repeat and rinse stuff out mm. over because of because of the advertising revenues we don't get as much advertising revenue as Channel 4 and BBC and BBC as ITV we we need to stuff that's that's the topic topicality is quite problematic mm. even though they'll play a 7 year old have I got news for you which is topical I just don't really understand that <laughs> I don't understand that but um you know I think in the next sort of 5 years or so if I'm still here We'll be able to take more chances with newer people and younger people and new talent. I think I think we're growing confidently, and you know they're taking they do take they have to take some 
big risks. You know, the mm. David Hasselhoff thing was a massive risk and mm. and mental. I mean, it's you know, it's, it was an extraordinarily peculiar show. I think the ratings for the first series were a bit disappointing, but um, you know, but they're still going to do a second series. You know, because they believe in it and they think it's a it's a you know it's it's more it's about more than ratings, which I think is quite confident. You that, again, that would never happen on ITV. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, if we take... Uh, so, you were talking about Undercover, the programme before, yeah, that yeah. took a few years to get through. Yeah. Um, and now, I assume, is it second series? Uh, I don't, don't know yet, but I, know I, yet. I, I think there are negotiations about it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, if we... Okay, let's take a... So, I've got a list of other shows you've started. Yeah. So, if we took uh, You, Me and Them, right. that one. Okay. So, uh, that going forward? Uh, I don't... I don't know. It's okay. not my show. No. Okay. What, what, <laughs> um, but it's, they've go, done two series. I'm just that. trying to work. I'm just trying to work out what risk assessment you went through for a show that's going forward. Right. So, so if you want to pick one that you know that is, uh, well, it's, sitcoms are quite different because sitcoms. You uh, there's almost no point doing one series of sitcom right. because yeah, sitcoms. The just, first series is always the worst. But yeah, <laughs> but it's also it takes a t- it takes a while to to build an audience and get a tone of voice. So you know, they w- if they're going to do a sitcom, they will largely try and commit or at least notionally think that they're going to go for two or three series and and I think that's again get that's that the industry appreciate that and I think it's it's um it's a sensible strategy um but uh so for example for example the Dave Gorman stuff so that's now we've commissioned another two series of that so it, now we will be we'll have five series eventually so we basically built a brand there which now which does really well i mean that's getting six six fifty is it a, um six um six hundred fifty thousand pe- of viewers right. seven hundred thousand views when it's when it's when it first goes out which is extraordinary i think for 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 dave so which um, uh, dave gorman modern life is goodish yeah that one okay, so right. that so that so that it's so that basically by the very nature of that those figures that will that will happen yeah. again but there's some stuff that is borderline and I've got to fight for it to get a second series um, because and you know and that is that's to do with ratings it's to do with return on investment and stuff and and whether a stuff we think stuff has been given a decent opportunity whether it's been scheduled properly sometimes stuff gets scheduled in completely wrong places so and and it fucks it you know Mm. so uh, for example uh um, Ross Noble, the first series of Ross Noble, Ross Noble Freewheeling, which is a fantastic show. I absolutely loved it. And again, an incredibly bold thing to do. I mean, Ross made the show up as he went along. So it's basically taking his stage show, which is improv, and just doing it out on the street. And incredibly risky because we just won't, you know, you basically just wave him off <laughs> and then hope that what comes back good. And it mm. was amazing. But. Um, so that the first two eps of that first series did really well, and then the third one, which annoyingly was the third, was the best ep I think, fell off a cliff, and you think, oh fuck, what happened there? And it's just because BBC Two had a new sitcom on at the same time, and that and that's it. You know, you d- you don't get a second chance there. Yeah. That's that's really annoying. And the sitcom I can't remember the name, which didn't get a second series, had um, uh, Vic Reeves in it, and Bob Mortimer yeah. was. Uh, was in the third episode of um, Ross Noble, so actually Vic stole viewers from Bob, which yeah. is really annoying. But um, so in next series, probably. so <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's you know it's scheduling can can really ruin stuff, or it can make it. You know, it can mm. you put something new off the back of something which is a real banker, mm. and and it's got a similar tone of voice, then it will do it will do well. I've just done a uh, a show uh, with Jason Manford called Money Pit, which. I it's sort of trying to appeal to that storage hunters audience that which is 
which is a peculiar audience for Dave. I don't, I don't really know how and where those people come from. And, uh, no one really expected that to be such an, a massive hit, mm. but it, it was such a massive hit that they stopped making it in America and we've started making it over yeah. here now. Um, so we're trying to make a show that still appeals to that sort of thing but try and bring in, bring in some more comedy and more of a day of sensibility to it so um, so that's so where that, where that schedules I don't quite know but we'll probably play it off the back of a storage hunter's you know um, a brand new storage hunters so that will hopefully then push those viewers over, over to that mm. um, fingers crossed um, <clears throat> but that yeah that was that's, that's, that's a very odd show to make and mm. peculiar no, because you're sort of making it up as you go along because you know you don't quite know what the tone of voice of the show is you yeah. know that's always the, always the problem you know you never know until you're there and then actually when you, when you get to the last day of film you go fucking we're really on this now we know what we're doing <laughs> but then, then it's finished it's you know? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so. I, I know what you mean about scheduling my my Edinburgh show yeah. is scheduled very conveniently for me to exit flyer about nine different shows in the vicinity right? because they all Perfect. end at around you know, sort yeah. of half an hour before my show yeah. and I basically got out the schedule looked at, and mapped out, I'm a real nerd yeah. I basically mapped out where every show was yeah. around me and then looked at the times before yeah. them and now I make my way around and exit flyer every single show yeah. and that gets in most of my audience that's, wow. that's sort of half the room but if, but if that hadn't have happened yeah. I don't know where I'd get that other half of that yeah. room from yeah. do you know what I mean? absolutely yeah I, 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 you know, fair play to you for, for, for getting noticed at all. And there's so much stuff, on, so much stuff on here, here, and it's all fucking eight o'clock. Every, you know, mm. it drives me mental. You know, mm. um, and I, I usually come up like a week before, and uh, the so I did the TV festival this year. Did it first time last year, um, despite the fact I worked in telly for twenty odd years. Um, I just didn't want to dip in the window, but surrounded by people in telly. But um, so last year I came up for five days before and did the, the comedy festival and then and then did the TV festival but unfortunately I went away with my kids this year so I've not managed to do it so I've hardly seen anything so mm. um, but th- and I feel like I keep meeting comics in the street that I know and go oh yeah I really wish I could yeah. but I'm going home on Saturday I'm really sorry you know but pff, you know that's well, there's always next year they'll they'll you know they'll, they'll be, be back. they'll be doing the similar thing and probably uh, the same jokes with a terrible title uh, ch- change of title which they uh, you know people people have to come up with the titles before they write their shows and <laughs> it's just like yeah. incomprehensible some of those some of the titles yeah but I think I'm going to call my big cheese sandwich yeah nice good yeah uh, it's a, it's I think your attention it's a catchy it's a, <laughs> it'll, it's a, it sounds like a thing that will repeat on you over and over again <laughs> like on Dave yeah, like on <laughs> yeah. Um, well I mean da- yeah like you said Dave, Dave has this um, well Dave when it started mm. I, got to, I mean I, I looked this up it said that when they started they called it Dave because everyone knows someone called Dave yeah. and it was very much a laddie perception and I think you picked up Top <laughs> Gear was like your first, one of your first shows and it was sort of that perceived audience but I mean what is your audience now like I mean, it, I mean obviously you said you've got that core audience it's about I think that, um, it's it strangely people think it's on, it's completely male but I think it's something like 55% male 45% female which is which I think surprises quite a lot of people, but um, I think there and there are. Uh, somebody told me I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, but there are. There's there is almost two very distinct audiences. One that watches the the storage hunters, uh, lizard lick towing, American pickers, that type of type of audience, more early evening and Top Gear to a certain extent, and then the people who watch uh, QI, Alan Davis. Uh, Ross Noble and all that. so there's almost the, and never the twain mix 
which is kind of weird. People watch that sort of stuff and they don't watch the other sort of stuff. So I don't know. I, mean, I think I think the in my head, which is not really official, you know, for me he's about a thirty-five-year-old bloke who's quite bright and and enjoys comedy. That's mm. that's why I try. But you know, isn't um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I sort of. There's a bloke at works. A work. Or I always think of it. It's him. Right. <laughs> um, and I don't know that. And that's sort of a by osmosis, really. I just. I, mm. I just. I sort of know where that audience is. It's weird. Um, mm. But I think. I think. Um, but yeah, you do. Fi- I do find a lot of time fighting against people just saying, "Oh, yeah, it's fucking Top Gear." <laughs> we don't play that much Top Gear anymore, you know. Is, um, is that because of the scandal? Have you like dropped it? No, weirdly, no. That was great for us. Um, <laughs> one, one minute, sorry, no, they. Sorry, Yeah, it's the ghost of um, Clarkson. Top Gear. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was weird because when this BBC, you know, announced that they were canning it, um, with they did a really funny picture on. Um, and put it out on their Twitter feed um, of the whole of the Dave office, and it looks like like people were throwing themselves off, uh, <laughs> off bridges, and, and other people were hanging themselves because you know it, the perception is that Dave just plays that all the time. But now we keep on, we keep we keep on playing it. But it's, it's you know, um, and and we're the only place that shows it now, I guess. And I think the BBC have been showing them repeats of it, haven't they? Which seems odd to me. I don't really understand the. If you're not prepared to make new ones, why are you still showing the old ones? I don't, anyway. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I mean, what do you think? Because they've just moved to Amazon as well. Like they signed a <laughs> yeah. deal. Like I mean, because that's obviously not really a TV. Show. It's not a TV channel at all. It's basically them going online. And do you think that's yeah? Uh, like well, a I mean, Amazon and Netflix. I think Netflix, especially. You know, Frankie Boyle's doing a whole load of specials for Netflix. Um, I think that's going to really it's going to be an interesting shake up when that stuff happens because people aren't watching telly the same way they're used to people are selecting stuff and they go and watch it whenever, when they want when they want to so it's again a changing landscape and I think uh, Netflix and Amazon are becoming a much bigger player I mean as regards to um, Top Gear folk you know, I, don't, I don't you know the reason why they're doing that is because that's where the, nobody else will touch them and that's where they can get the most money presumably mm. I don't think we would have been able to afford to make new stuff with them so you know, I think it's I think they're going to have to do it I don't I don't know I mean you know perhaps you shouldn't go around saying racist things and punching people in the face I don't perhaps. know uh, it's for me <laughs> For me, that that would be the uh, the question I'll be asking myself. But um, that's not the you know. Dave Turner voice. No, it's not. It's <laughs> absolutely not. No. It's the ITV two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no. gone too far with that. Well, it's fine. It would have been an ITV. Fine. It'd been an ITV two. Nobody would have seen it, so it would have been fine. <laughs> um, oh, got the claws out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they are. They are, it's they're interesting ITV two because they've completely they've taken off all the stuff that used to, people used to watch on ITV two and now put it on ITV B. Right. And now they're trying to move into into comedy, so they are becoming a bit of a rival to be honest mm. but their schedules just all are still all over the place I think at the moment they don't quite know what they are they, again they don't really know what their tone of voice is and I think mm. it's really important is it going back to when Dave first started it used to be called I think it was called UK TV Play 2 or, or UK Key, UK TV Gold 2 or something. it was called some ridiculous um, uh, name that didn't mean anything and then they overnight they turned it to Dave and then everybody knew what it stood for very quickly it was a brilliant piece of marketing mm. uh, but also that brilliant that one brilliant piece of marketing has almost hamstrung everything else of the company ever since and now marketing is so much more important than everything else mm. uh, which is a bit of a personal pain in the arse but um, uh, 
but you know it, it just shows you how, how, how a brilliant bit of marketing can change can change uh, you know, the fortunes of a, of, of a show can change the fortune of a channel it's, it's extraordinary how, how that worked and no one really knows why it works so well well I mean I've got ideas <clears throat> behind that based <clears throat> around what I do for a day job yeah. I mean I think uh, the, okay so if you look at the history of brands yeah. they've never really needed to be your friend if that makes yeah. sense they've just put an advert on TV that fuels you know people buying the product yeah. that then fuels people you know their profit margins yeah. and then they put more adverts out and it sells more product and it just yeah. goes around yeah, that yeah. loop yeah. now people buy from people yeah, and brands that have mascots do pretty well on social media and, yeah. on, and online because you feel like you're building a bond and a relationship yeah. with them whereas uh, brands that don't have that or don't have a voice or don't have a, a, a thing that you can go I like Dave because of this yes. they don't do the, they don't do so well mm. and it's why newer brands like say Innocent Smoothie for mm. example who have like that really strong tone of voice yeah. which is like fun and exciting yeah. and whatever people can go either I love that or I hate that it's yeah. why I did um I don't know if I can remember. I did Marmite's Twitter feed a while ago. Okay. And that was one of my favourite ones I ever did because it was already inbuilt into the branding yeah. that you either hated it or loved yeah. it. And people tweeted me all, every day going, oh, I hate you, you taste disgusting. And yeah. I go, well, we don't need you anyway. And I was allowed to do that <clears> because yeah. because they are that's what they do all the time. I think there's a lot to be said for, for um, having a strong... So I used to do all the stuff with... Um, Russell Brand uh, I used to do Big Mouth that used oh, to cool. be I was, I, was ex- I used to produce exec and dress up as a whale and uh, and a horse <laughs> for that show Didn't and, to, and uh, he um, <laughs> uh, no we had these kind of stupid characters which uh, I took it on myself to be um, <laughs> and um, he was really interesting because when we first started that show people fucking hated him really hated him because he is he's like a cartoon character mm. and um but I didn't worry about that. I thought that was a good thing because people knew about him and noticed him. And then he, then one day he came in and said, uh, Coily, from today I'm having my hair like this. I'm mostly wearing black. Okay, right, fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. And that made him even more, uh, like, cartoonish. And again, he, just, he was just really brilliant at building his brand, ironically. Um... And then, of course, there was the shagging, which um, which the, which the tabloids love, and they didn't know quite know what to do with him because they were trying to um, trying to catch him out. Oh, he's been out shagging again, and he goes, "Yeah, I was shagging. Yeah. Brilliant. Really enjoyed the shagging. It's yeah, brilliant." Yeah. And uh, that you know, manna from heaven for a tabloid. That mm. so uh, he, he was a really interesting story. But but that that was a brilliant bit of her own personal branding. Mm. I think I think it's. You can't underestimate it. I mean, they're, they're really good at uh, UK TV with that. You know, Dave, uh, they've got a tw- they've got a Twitter feed. They've got um, uh, they've got on screen personality where they they tell jokes. They, they've got um, Facebook thing. They've got people who run that and uh, who are, you know are comics and write mm. some really good jokes on there. You know, so uh, they know, they understand the importance of that. And they you know, as much as I moan about it, they're brilliant at the marketing. You know, mm. the thing is, we don't do that many shows. But when we do shows, people notice it, and mm. that's how good our marketing is. You know, yeah. it, it's, it shouts much louder mm. than Sky. Sky, Sky spent a fortune on their advertising, absolute mm. fortune, billboards everywhere. Mm. But actually, sometimes you don't even know Sky shows are on. I don't know why, but our yeah. marketing just seems to be better and better targeted. So. Um, you know, fair play. No, God, that's me talking at marketing department. Well, like, I was, like I was saying, I mean, it's um, as a performer, mm. as I'm building my own audience, yeah. I sort of feel like the people, I'm, as I develop a relationship with my audience, yeah. I feel like I, I have more creative flexibility and freedom because they trust me and they find me funny. Yeah. And I think that's, um, in, like I was saying in the episode before this, well, 
it went out today. It's not the episode before this one, right? But the one with Oliver Double, where he right. said uh, the secret of being funny is getting them to trust you. And yeah. the reason why, uh, and uh, I said to him, the, I think the reason why it works on TV when it, like you have like a stand-up that comes out on the Apollo or whatever, yeah, um, is because there's that social proof of everyone in the and most of the people in the room know who that person is. Yeah, and if they don't, they're on TV. They must be funny. And so as a result, there is some stuff that goes on there that is not that funny or not as funny and creative as it could be. <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're, I think I think when comics get to a certain status and they go and tour and people go and pay money to go and see them mm. often uh, that's when they take their eye off the ball because mm. everybody uh, you know you, they can turn up and just say anything mm. and when they're not doing open spots when they're not doing stuff mm. to, that uh, you know there they can be compared to rival com- other comedians mm. on the same bill then you know you, I think it, you sort of get a little bit I think people get a little bit scared of, of yeah. coming back and doing it but um but that, I mean, I think that's why you know the best ones still go and do you know warm ups and do do you know a night at guest nights at various places. I go, um, I live in Balham in South London. The banana is f- just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic, and they, you know, pe- people will come on there. You don't, you think, fucking hell, how you know? I wouldn't be able to book you for a show, <laughs> a TV yeah. show, but you know, you'll they'll get them on there. So, but, and it's because they, I, I guess they enjoy doing it. I suppose mm. I don't know. Do you enjoy doing it? I don't know. I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it sounds really weird. I did a show. I probably shouldn't admit this on, mm. on a podcast because a load of industry will download it and go, yeah. oh, he had a shit show. Yeah. But I don't care. You know, everyone yeah. has a shit show. About a week ago, I had a show. I had about 15, 20 people in my room, which is about under half, right? right. And it's one of the lower audiences. <clears throat> and they hated me. Right. They, gen- they just were not going for it. They didn't connect with me in any way. Um, my show, my show is all about the thoughts you have in your head and like mm. the conversations you have with yourself and trying not to overthink stuff. Yeah. And they were all very emotionally stable. And, <laughs> and they just didn't go with it, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I even stopped for a sec. I said, could you flick that light on? And I said, seriously, if you're all fine with life and you're not struggling with inner you know, demons and people talking, your little voices saying stuff with you, this is not going to work. And they all looked at me and just went, we're all right. Yeah, we're fine. Did you have a lot of Americans in? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No, no. why are they all right? <laughs> no, they just generally don't understand. I don't, I don't know. They just wouldn't understand that, I don't think. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, basically what I did was I sat down with them and right. we just chatted and I did sort of emceeing work from, right. the, from the floor, as it were. Okay. And, and after about 10 minutes, I went, this is the show, by the way. This is what I do every day. <laughs> and they fucking loved it. They just went with it. And after that point, they really were with me, but I couldn't go back to material because by that point, it was not, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's that kind of thing where I really enjoyed doing a show to people that hated me because yeah. I'd done a run of like, you know, half filled, full rooms of people that were really enjoying what I was doing. And it felt a little bit like, um, so uh, I've done, a, I did about 30 previews in London, right? Yeah. And by the end of it, all the improvisation bits that I had. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? 
boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You know, like <coughs> written in, like this bit improvised, this bit improvised. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't improvising anymore yeah, yeah. because you run out of improvisation. Yeah, and so it was getting boring for me. So, <laughs> so to do a room of people that really didn't fucking like me, yeah. yes, I got like 20 quid in the bucket and that is not enough. Yeah. But I fucking love I had the best day I'd had in a while. And That's interesting, isn't it? When you, when you get so, you know, you get, you get so slick and you get used to it. I mm. remember having a conversation with Dara O'Brien about, about when he was, a couple of years ago, he came up and did a, you know, he sold out everything, you know, he was, Fantastic, and you know Dara's ju- Dara more than anything else. He's just such a fucking brilliant mm. stand-up comedian. But he said, um, he said to me, he said, uh, oh yeah, God, I've been doing this every, all every night. And he said, you up here the last week? I said, I oh, said I've been doing it every night. And then he said, sometimes I just, I just, I'm just saying it, and I'm not even focusing. It's just coming out, yeah. and I'm thinking about a shopping list or something like that, and just going, fuck, that's mind blowing that that you can do that because it, it's just so slick and it just falls out of his mouth. And he said the the best heckle he ever had was someone said, you've done that bit already. <laughs> and then he just immediately was back in the room and thought, fuck, have I already said that? I don't know whether I've said that or not. And it had to had to rewind, and, and he hadn't he hadn't yeah. said it already, you know. So. Um, but that to, from someone who you know who doesn't do that, the concept that you can do that for an hour and not even be concentrating yeah. on what you're doing is extraordinary. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to edit this bit out, but I'll tell you what I do because you're not going to be able to come and see it. I right. don't think. But I do this joke in the show about how uh, I, yeah, I'm disconnected, and, I, and yeah. sometimes I'm up in, up on stage and I'm, yeah. I'm looking at someone and I'm like, I've been staring at you way too long. Yeah. Like I'm just staring at you, and I and I say it, and I say I'm just staring at you, mm. and they laugh at that, and then I change person. I'm like, that wasn't a casual change. Like they they know what you're thinking. They know what you're, they're going to find you out. They're going to get you. <laughs> you know I mean? And I do this whole thing, and then I and then I compare it to how Martin Luther King must have felt on when. When yeah. he went up on stage, and you know how he must have never got into his own head, and you know all this kind of stuff, and it, and it's obviously a fanciful, ridiculous, yeah. you know, joke, but it's one of my favourites to do because I, 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 from the podcast, I have comics that come down and see it, and every time they come up to me and go after, and they went, yeah, that one, that <laughs> <laughs> every day after you've done it twenty times up in Edinburgh, yeah. I'm just in my own head going. I really hope they're going to find this funny as they did yesterday because if they don't, you know what I mean. And it's and and I I love it because the comedy nerds are sitting there going, oh, it's probably how I that's how I feel when I'm doing like a presentation at work. Yeah. I'm like I've rehearsed it over and over again, and um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's making a moment that's a struggle for me. I um I went to see uh, oh, fuck what's her name Zoe Coombs, uh, Zoe hyphen Coombs something somebody with it, uh, 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 the other day. And she basically plays a shit male stand-up, and, <laughs> and who basically breaks down on stage. Um, so she's uh, Mason sisters look after from PBJ. And oh, they yeah, said yeah. you should go and see it. It's really dark. You'll really enjoy it. And it's really fucking dark. And you start out. You start out. And you think, oh fucking, well this is a bit shit. And you think, and then you realise, oh it's supposed to be a bit shit. And <laughs> it gets worse and worse and worse. And it's really really dark. But there's a. I'm going to spoil it for everybody now. But um, there's a bit in it where, where halfway through, she sort of she says, um, "Oh yeah, well, I, yeah, and I like you." And uh, when I sing my song right at the end, I'm going to look right. At you, you don't leave my gaze during the whole song at the end. And annoyingly, it was me she chose to do that. <laughs> so she sang uh, 
a Rhiannon song, Rihanna song, or, or mail to a Rihanna song, and looked at me all the way through it. it God, it was excruciating, yeah. excruciating. Um, but everyone else but that, found it funny. Yeah, and everybody, yeah. Used to, everybody, yeah, and everybody, but everybody was terrified of it. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a very weird. You should go and see it. It's a really interesting, yeah, really interesting will. show, and all the comics should see it as well because it's 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 really clever. It's really clever. It satirizes the whole the whole point of being a comic it's really mm, clever yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you mentioned the Ross Noble show yeah I mean would you because w- I'm just going to ask this question actually forget I asked that yeah because I, I don't want to put an idea in your head I want to I know your actual answer okay Wh- which show out of all the shows you put together or, or all the shows you've commissioned have been like the sleeper hit you know the one that you weren't sure of and you and <clears> for <throat> some reason it was just that's that's the one that's really done well I suppose Gorman in a way um uh even though I love Dave and I've always I've always been a fan of Dave and I've been a friend of his for a long time, I never yeah it's just starting to rain. Um, I never re- I never really expected uh, the the audiences to be that to be that huge for Dave's stuff, which sounds awful, but I didn't. You know, I think he's he has a a, a, a quite a um, a niche tone of voice, and. Um, but I'm so delighted. It's it's like he, he his audience is so loyal. It's extraordinary. But I think that's because he does he works so fucking hard. He, honestly, he works so hard. You know, he just he writes. You know, six and eight. He did eight eight in the last series. So he writes eight hours of brand new material every series, mm. and he does it all himself. And he powerpoints everything. He basically produces the whole show himself. And by the end of it, he's absolutely fucking wiped out. He's just about to have a baby and go on tour now. He's just done eight hours of um, <laughs> of, um, of telly, and now he's just about to leave. So he's just he's relentless, but he works so hard, Dave, and I admire him so much. You know, when his show goes out of an evening, he stays up till two, two, three in the morning answering twi- tweets. You know, and it's you know he works fucking hard. That's the thing. If you work really hard. <laughs> Then you know you get rewards, and that's yeah. And no, absolutely. But you know he's he's absolutely. I admire him so much. But um, it seems an odd thing to say, but I didn't realise it was going to be such a phenomenon. You know, I knew it would do well, but I didn't realise it was going to be such such a phenomenon. And to such an extent where we, you know, we've now commissioned five series of it, which pretty much unheard of on on Dave to get five series of something, two series maybe, but five is unheard of it's pretty unheard of anywhere yeah. isn't it I mean like yeah and, and um, I'm almost um, putting myself out of a job in a way you know finding new stuff because I've, there's too much stuff coming back like so Alan Davis has come back for a third series oh, what, like coming up next year uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's all in the can now we're doing a Christmas special in a few weeks um, you know and that just seems to roll on and that's I, I love that show as well that's such a joy because really it's just some comics coming around and having a chat and um uh, it's such good fun, and um, you know he's he's he is brilliant at that. He's just really good at sort of tickling conversations and keeping them going. And actually, that show people you know the, the, why comics like doing it is because they don't have to do any prep. So they just all we ask them to do is come come with one story that we'll use to intro them, and then sometimes you don't even get to that story. That just it just rambles yeah. around somewhere, and then you get different generations of comics meeting each other. And they've got shared experience, and then you know they go away, and and you know they become friends off the back of it. It's just really, really good fun. And mm. I, when we did the run-throughs of it, I knew it was going to work because you couldn't stop yourself wanting to to mm. join in, and um, 
it, so when, when we had to, before we did them, we, we have to tell the audience that you can't join in, you can't talk because people were trying to get into the, com- in the conversation. So I loved I loved doing that show. It's really good fun. I really really enjoy it. And you know, I think it's I think for me, it's the best panel show that there is on telly. Even though it's not a panel show, it's a panel panel show by stealth mm. um, because they they said they sort of said <coughs> the chat because I always thought Dave would want more panel shows, but they don't because they play all the best ones yeah so um anything we make uh, runs a risk of looking a bit pony compared to if i got news for you and qi so but um so that was why that's sort of why as yet untitled is what it is because it was uh, I, I managed to get it under the wire mm. pretending that it was a chat show but it's actually a panel show <laughs> Smooth. Yeah. Um, well, the, see, this is interesting for me then, because you said, okay, so it's all about risk aversion. It's all about yeah. avoiding and uh, having a business plan for a show. Yeah. However, you syndicate a lot of programs, like from BBC or whatever, yeah. which have already been seen by a lot of yeah. people. So, does that not ever come into play where you think, well, if a, two million people have seen it on BBC, they're not going to want to watch it again, or is it a case of the familiarity and the, um, should we say, uh, ease of viewing? Like when people get home after a long, hard day, they just want something yeah. consistent. Is that why it works? I think that's why, yeah. I mean, because you know what you're going to get from Q1 and Magony Street. You know it's consistently good. And, um, I mean, we, I mean, you know, we've built, we've built our audiences off the back of that, basically. That's, mm. the, that's our core. And, um, and that's the job, is to keep that audience, not alienate that audience, and expand it. So that's why... Uh, if you look at the Alan Davis show, the the Ross Noble show, the Dave Gorman show, they've got their names in on the front of the thing because people, like you say, they'll go to them. They, they still go to the fir- you know to ones through to four first of all, and if there's fuck all on, which generally there isn't these days, they Dave might be one of their next stops, mm. and if they if I've got news for you, QI aren't on, but they've got an original program that we've made but with talent of a similar ilk of a similar status then they'll go with it and that's you know that's that's um that's a that's a sort of not an official strategy but that that's mm. you know when i sat down and tried thinking about how how we're going to move this channel on it's a very small slow process you know it's turning an oil tank you know because because mm. that's what we you know dave was just basically a repeats channel that's all it was you know and the whole the, the, you know i first started the si- whole system of getting stuff delivered and and um pr'd and all that kind of stuff was still from from repeats and mm. um, so we're changing to because essentially i think the people who own the company realized you can't uh, there's it's not a long-term strategy of just building a, cha- a channel on, on repeats yeah. so um <clears throat> i don't know what i was saying yeah, i'm rambling again but um uh yeah it's it, it's i think that we have we have an opportunity in the next three or four years to really make some big gambles and take some make some make some newer stuff which we shouldn't be so worried about people not watching it <laughs> yeah. that's, that not sound strange but but you know i don't think it's you see I, that's what my theory about the bbc people are just obsessed with you know bbc shouldn't be chasing chasing viewing figures there should you know there should be there should there should be a rethian um you know they, they shouldn't have to worry about it so much and um you know, I, th- I think uh, the the, the Tagler lecture that was that was on this week from in the TV festival where they're trying to defend the BBC. I think it's, I just think it's extraordinary why that why anybody would want to take the BBC away. You go around the world and everybody, everybody's jealous of it. You know, mm. I, I mean, I've got 
I've got relatives who live in Italy, and they and they watch BBC. They you know they've got you know they get satellite dishes so they can see it because mm. it's the best stuff. You know, um, you know if, if we lose public service television, it's, it's just the ugh, her- horrific. That and the NHS. I sound like I sound like um, I don't know <laughs> a ranting eighties comedian now. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well, I mean, it, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's interesting that. Um, that they so for so I mean because basically you all have on demand players now yeah. and you all have your own online presence so I suppose taking risks as long as the budget is there is lower if you wanted to like put it online first and then move it onto TV because TV obviously is well, I much think more I think there's certainly there's there's been discussions about that about getting stuff which just which is just and I think the uh, actually this next series of Dave Gorman well the first episode is going to preview on. Uh, on demand, so cool. um, UK TV Play is what it's called now. Mm. Um, so they've got. There used to be a Dave player, and now mm. all of it goes through UK TV um, Play. Um, so yeah, so there's there's definitely an, an opportunity there, and I think we will certainly in the next couple of years, if not this year, start um, commissioning just for UK TV Play, just for online. So. Uh, and we're looking into the idea of doing shorts and stuff on there. So you know that that that's, you know that's a really definitely a possibility. And then also we do lots of podcasts as well. So mm. um, you know the day podcasts podcasts do really really. Alex Horn's one's fantastic. It's really really well. And then uh, as yet untitled is released as a podcast mm. as well. Uh, bits that don't make it into the show. Um, <clears throat> so we're trying all the time, but you know all of it's got to be monetized. So mm. it, it, essentially it's. Um, there are opportunities there, I think, potentially for for doing shorts. So that might be another way of getting new new acts and new and new talent onto the onto the channels. How do you so, how do you monetize your podcasts? Out of interest. Uh, well, they don't they don't at the moment. I mean, there's there's there is there's talk of them going through uh, another uh, another carrier. I don't know, but at the moment they don't. They just they're just basically PR vehicles. Mm. So. Um, uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll find a way. I mm. think it's hard podcast. I used to do a football podcast, and it's hard getting money to sponsor sponsor podcasts. You're doing really well to get some sponsorship, I tell you. Well, I, <clears throat> the thing is, I, I very early stages of this podcast, mm. I got featured over iTunes, and like and like they pushed me forward, and they yeah. said you know new and noteworthy, and, they yeah, got, yeah. and I hit like the charts in it and everything like that, and I thought oh this is going to be amazing, and then a week later I was out of it, and <laughs> do you know what I mean, and you yeah. sort of thought oh well uh, maybe not. Um, mm. But after that, I got approached by three ad networks. Right. Who all offered me around five pounds for every thousand downloads? Right, which means I'm constantly chasing audience. Okay, do you know what I mean? Like the same way you said, where the BBC shouldn't be chasing audience. I didn't want to just spend my life trying to get people to download yeah, it yeah, yeah. and then send them a report and then them say, oh, "Okay, cool, you have three thousand downloads. Yeah. We'll send you fifteen quid." I thought I'd much rather have a core audience of five hundred people yeah. who love it, who will all give me a pound or yeah. whatever per episode for yeah. what I do, that will pay me more. It will hopefully cover expenses and costs and whatever. But it will do that thing, and I think uh, for my end of it, um, like my book's actually about this, mm. and it's about the it's called how to make a living by working for free, and it's all about sharing free content and then saying to people, look, if you like what I'm doing, I need to eat to do this more, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's down the road. And so I started a Patreon account, and I think because I started it from the start, it's kind of uh, intrinsical and linked to the podcast, so people know that I'm doing something that uh, a at the moment I don't think anyone else is doing. I, I, I can't find anyone else who's interviewing like people in an industry yeah. like this. Um, and as a result, if they want the content still, 
you know, it, it's you know the equipment costs me money, the time costs me money, the the you know at the moment I should be flying, um, so it's sort of I'm taking a hit on my show for stuff like this. So it's I'll help you out, uh, it'd be fine. Oh, thanks. <laughs> just say I, think I might drive people away rather than bring them in. Just say I'm very funny on this, and then I'll use it as a quote. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's 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 yeah, but it's one of those things. And and I think I think when you talk to people like an adult, and you say to people, especially in, in the industry, who want to make this their own, you say, look, you know, we're adults in this. You know how much time and effort goes into stuff. You know how much time and effort goes yeah. into a podcast. You know, if, if you like it and respect it, let's do it. And that's why I think uh, the future for this, for content creators online in particular, and I think if Dave went further into like online content, mm. it would make sense to do the herring me- method of maybe crowdfunding a yeah. show so you'd know how many people are going to watch yeah, it. Yeah. Or having a subscription-based model where it's tipping, not subscription. Yeah, because it, because yeah, having yeah. a paywall, it's a massive difference. Because having a paywall, you block out getting new audience members yeah. who maybe will go, oh, okay, I like that, I'll pay a pound, but I'll pay it once. Yeah, yeah. And that helps towards the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, and it's not consistent. But then again, it's not consistent anyway with the ad revenue. Yeah. So, so um, uh, Stuart Goldsmith does a similar thing, but he, he just invites people to give him some money wherever. And uh, he told, actually told a story on on, on, on Davis where um, um, somebody, he was in a urinal and somebody put some yeah. money in his back pocket and he says, that's, that's fucking weird. You're asking yeah. people to do that now. Yeah. Um, prostituting yourself literally. Yeah. Um, when I, I remember I did a podcast I had another podcast I was going to launch that I yeah. never got around to doing that I had him on for and afterwards I was talking to him about yeah. my book and I said you need to start a Patreon account it'll really help you out and the reason I wanted him on it was because I thought his would trailblaze it for mine do you know what I mean I thought yeah, if yeah, he yeah. got on yeah, it yeah. enough people would know about it yeah, because absolutely. he was a much bigger audience yeah, yeah. the thing is it sort of backfired because most of his audience like to give him a PayPal donation yeah, yeah. instead of being on Patreon where they pay him a monthly yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Uh, mine at the moment is the other way around I've got sort of 14 patrons but I get very few donations through PayPal okay. so um it sort of it sort of works, but it hasn't. And it's sort of like you said, where where you know if you've got a TV show, you try and push beat the same audience go across. That was my thought thinking yeah, yeah. through yeah. with it. But good theory. <laughs> well, I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always very business orientated. Um, the reverse of that question, then, yeah. were there any shows that you thought would just go really well or just failed, and you've learnt something <clears> from it, and you just think you, you, it could impart some knowledge from someone who wants to. Uh... Uh, as I said, the David Hasselhoff thing was very disappointing. When we got the overnights from that, I was very disappointed. But because uh, I think it's a really good show and an incredibly brave show, and I think we slightly underestimated. Um, I think we underestimated because we got so carried away about how, how brilliant it was and how funny it was. Uh, we underestimated that people wouldn't necessarily realise it was a comedy show because it was David Hasselhoff, yeah. and we didn't. On, on the, in the advertising, we didn't. Sim- we simply just didn't say it's a comedy show, mm. which. Um, you know, it's a comedy show about him taking the piss about the fact that he's a bit shit, which is a really clever. It's a really clever yeah. joke and incredibly bold and incredibly risky thing thing for him mm. to do. You know, a sixty odd old um, American TV star comes over to the UK and makes a show, a comedy show about himself being a bit shit. Is I mean, it's extraordinary, mm. extraordinary idea. But actually, lots of people didn't come to it because they thought it was a reality show mm. and um, it's not a reality show mm. it's a really funny show it's mm. a really funny weird show and um, and I think sometimes you could just get and I, th- and I hope it's the marketing I think uh, I hope it was the marketing that was wrong um, uh, because we, you know, we're going to market it certainly different this, this time I've actually got I've got the scripts in my bag for the second series um, and uh, uh, I was really I was doing a charity cycle ride at the time so I was, <laughs> I was cycling to Paris and uh, when the overnights came through I went oh fuck 
you know what maybe they've put the decimal point in the wrong place maybe that's what it is <laughs> yeah but um you know it, it built a bit and um you know i think i'm still very proud of it and i think for us it's not just about i keep saying it and uh, maybe i'll convince myself it's not just about um uh viewing figures it's also about the status and the perceptions of the channel so actually the fact we did something so brave like that and so big like that actually people just people noticed and mm. and that you know they might not not a lot of, lot of them, not enough of them watched it but a lot of people know it yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so that you know that's a it's it, you can't underestimate how important that is mm. i think and um uh yeah so that i've learned quite a lot of lessons through that i think we all that we all we all have and um but you know you can't you, you can't the we are at a point now where we've got to take some more risks as mm. a channel to meet to go to the next level and you if you more risks you take the more chances you are of, of making mistakes mm. and they shouldn't be frightened of making mistakes i think that's that's how you, that's how you get things right by making mistakes in the first time so so yeah that was that was probably was disappointing um and probably the figures for the second series of ross noble was a bit disappointing because i loved that show so much but you know sometimes people just don't find it and it's it can be a it can be a um yeah sometimes people just don't don't find shows and i don't really know why it's not and it's not sometimes it's not because of the quality it's just shit happens you know and um and it's a shame but you know i i still passionately believe in Ross and and the shows, I think they were fantastic. He's a he's a he's an extraordinary talent, mm. absolutely amazing man. I want to do more work with him. So uh, yeah, that would that would they would be my two biggest disappointments. Mm. Um, but I'm sure I've got another, I've got some more coming. <laughs> well, everyone's got a disappointment <coughs> left in them, haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah my life's littered with disappointments. Trust <laughs> me, I was telling you about my last year. Yeah. My God. Look, um, at, look out for at twenty sixteen in Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just saying that I, I would do. Um, I should do a, a, a Edinburgh show about my life the last the last year, which has been quite colourful. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, that's that's the comedian that's the comedian mind because you used to do comedy. Yeah, and uh, I suppose it's just kicking in again. Maybe yeah. you've got that urge to go back to the live. Circuit. I think it's a it's desperation. That's what it is. <laughs> As I said to you, I never really it was never really a stand up because I didn't love myself or hate myself enough, mm. and I think maybe I hate myself enough maybe no. now to try and do it again, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Um, no, so it, I, I you know I love what I do. I think it's really good fun, and uh, it's a it's a you know it's really frustrating and really depressing sometimes, and uh, but it's you know it feels like a really good place to be, mm. apart from all the glass crashing yeah. in the background. Uh, yeah, so it's a you know, telly's fun, you know, and I, and, and uh, I've got you know I've got kids, you know, I've got a seventeen-year-old, and uh, you know, thinking about what job we should do and stuff. And as I said to you before, that I was was in uh, the slight fear that telly was going to just die and wither on the vine, but I don't think it ever will, you know. And people will always need content, so what, however that content is delivered, it's sort of irrelevant. I don't really have any control over that, but mm. I can certainly have control over the type of content and you know encouraging co- new content and stuff and funny stuff you know i like it when people laugh at my shows yeah definitely. a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laugh yeah. more guys yeah um well, when you say just uh, just to pick you up on one little syntax of yeah. what you said when you say disappointing like w- uh, on your rate of return form like what mm. numbers are you looking for i mean obviously it'll change by the time of the day and like what's happening in terms of other channels, i think if anything if any show gets over four hundred thousand everybody's happy uh you know 
Dave Gorman, I think the last two, the first tap got 700,000. Many hats were thrown in the air. Uh, I think Storage Hunters UK, when we made the first one of Storage Hunters, I think they got like over a million, which is just extraordinary. Um, but, you know, I think... I know that some some shows are never going to get more than four hundred thousand, but we still doesn't mean to say we shouldn't still be making them. Um, yeah, so I think about four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, anything with a five, then I'm you know I'll get a raise. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I think, and I think in a multi-channel uh, world, that's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. I mean, we're getting we're getting figures that Channel Four would. Mm. bite your hand off for you know when I first started working in telly I remember I worked on a Jonathan Ross show called um, Saturday Zoo which was one of the first things that Coogan did and a whole load of other brilliant comics and um, and uh, I remember that got cancelled because it only got two million viewers for a live comedy show and wow. and you think fucking hell, how far have we come now how yeah. you know how you know that if if a live co- live comedy show got a million viewers people would you know, we throw their hats in the air and and be carrying it uh, shoulder high along down the street. So you know, it, it, it's it's all about perceptions and and uh, and it's all about risk aversion. As I keep going back to, um, so you know, and and the landscape just keeps on changing. Mm. But people will always need content. It's good news. But but is but is <coughs> that down to like the number of channels expanding or the or the attention span of people getting you know pushed around on the internet? Meaning that, for example, when there wasn't internet, two million was a really you know low number. Yeah. But now because you know, for example, I don't really watch so much TV. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I, I I watch it when I'm at back at my parents' house because they have TV and I'm on the internet sometimes. But it feels rude to be watching YouTube while they're watching TV. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, because we're not talking anyway. But. Yeah, so so is it, I mean, do you think that's had an impact on it, or do you think it's just, you know, there's there's just so much more uh, niche content now that people can really pick and choose what they're going to watch, and therefore I think all of that. I mean, there's so much, so many different places to go. I mean, I sit and watch telly with my kids. All three of them are on some form of device while they're watching mm. uh, while they're watching the telly, and you know, my daughter will disappear off into her room and watch YouTube videos for hours on her on her. Uh, iPhone, um, yeah, my kids got iPhones. Look at me, um, <laughs> and uh, you know there are so many channels now. I mean, it's like some channels, you know, we've got we've got ten channels, some of which you know barely register some some days, you know, but they still make money. Mm. But there are some channels that are so far down the EPG, I just don't know how they can make any money. I really don't. I don't. I don't know how. I just don't. I mean, because you know, advertising revenues, you know. On a, s- a small, specialist channel late at night, they'll be, you know, they'll be nothing. They'll get nothing. They'll just play adverts, just for the sake of it, just to fill up time. Mm. So, um, you know, there's just there is, uh, you know, a massive amount of choice and a massive amount of choice online, and you know, uh, you know, and people, you know, I know people who just never watch telly. People, I don't. I know a couple of people who haven't even got a telly. So, um, heathens. Yeah. Um, but you know, there still is a desire. And there still is, you know, when I was a kid, when there were only like three, three, when I was at school and there were only three channels, there was a moment when, you know, 
something like I think Abigail's Party was an example, right? So Abigail's Party was like a comedy play for today, I think, at one time, and there was something on the other side which wasn't very good, and then Abigail's Party got something like twelve million viewers. I don't know, I was just making numbers up, but mm. it got a massive amount of viewers, and then the next day everybody came into school and we're talking about it and we're doing impressions of you know, Ab- mm. Abigail's Party. Um, I think that's a shame. We have less less of that shared experience. But Saturday Night Telly still sort of does that a little bit. Um, it's a shame it has to be singing competitions that do it. But but occasionally stuff stuff does really fly, and everybody it becomes a shared experience. I suppose the, you know the Office did for 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 a while, didn't it? And um, you know the, those Office Christmas specials. I remember that everybody watching those, and and that's great when comedy can do that. For, for me, <coughs> I think it's um, again. Uh, this is just a theory from my day job but I think everyone's become so disconnected because of the technology they have around them that they want that shared experience so they are uh, in, my, in my industry we call it second screening yeah. they, are, they are tweeting while they're watching yeah. the programme and they're not even really enjoying it. And it this is the thing that annoys me about TV when they say oh our TV programme trended last night that's yeah. awful because they're not no. looking at the programme yeah. they're on their phones no I know yeah, yeah well there, was a, there are there is a couple of apps now where you can watch online and yeah and tweet at the same time, and the thing, I, mean, I don't, don't really see the point of it. You might as well just get your phone out. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting, you know. But I think that's about everything's like that, though, isn't it? Because we are constantly looking at moving images, and constantly our attention span now is so. If you like, if you watch a so, for example, if you watch a Bond film from the nineteen eighties, and you watch a Bond film now, the it's so fucking slow. It's so unbelievably slow. You know, all like Hollywood movies now are just so from the eighties are mm. so and nineties are so slow because we just want bam 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 bam. Mm. Otherwise, we'll, we we'll go to our phone or we'll go somewhere else or we'll you know everybody like all it's like my seventeen year old boy's got hunched because he's constantly looking at his. Well, I think we're, our physiology will change because we're all mm. so fucking hunched over our our phones the whole time. Mm. Um, but uh, you know that's that's just changing it. Mm. Didn't people used to say it was going to when the, the wireless came in? It was going to it was going to be the ruination of the world. You know, it's just the latest thing in it. Yeah, um, the times they are a changing. <coughs> they are indeed. Yeah, and uh, you just got you just got to go with it. As I said, people will always need content. You've just got more places to put your content now. Yeah. And it's a great in, thing. And in terms of, because obviously we've talked a lot about how uh, to get a programme, if you have a programme idea on yeah. TV, but like you said, you want new talent on the telly. Yeah. And like we said, that there are a lot of agents who like, they just go straight to, they go, oh, for example, Avalon, they yeah. own a production agency, they'll make, yeah. I mean, do, do, do they make much of the TV or do they just get it from production agencies, really? Uh, Avalon? No, Avalon make their own shows. Oh, no, no, I mean, I mean, Dave in general, do they, do oh. they make any TV, actually, make, do they have a production thing? Or do no, they we don't have a production arm. We had, we, there was talk of us getting putting together a production arm at one stage, but no, we don't have a production arm. Um, but, you know, I think uh, that's, uh, so it would be a sort of, str- I always thought about that when, with the uh, BBC in-house production, and ITV in-house production as well, to a certain extent, and I think Channel 5 are good now, got an in-house production. It's a strange conflict of interest, I think. Mm. Um, because you, uh, even though they say ITV would always say they don't, or BBC would say they don't, they will always favour their in-house production a little bit more, which doesn't necessarily... It, it means they're not as good often, mm. I think. Um, you know, BBC in-house... I think they're changing the rules of BBC in-house now, so the BBC in-house can make stuff for other people. I think that's a really good thing, because mm. it's... You know, I've been... 
I know people who've been in development in-house in BBC, and you've, it's very frustrating because you've only got one place to go. Mm. Um, and that doesn't, that doesn't breed creativity, I don't think. It, mm. it, I mean, I think they were the only other place that BBC in-house can pitch to, but they have to be turned down by BBC in-house first. And I don't, th- I don't think... I think maybe somebody, they did some stuff before my time for us, but... Um, uh, you know, it's I, you know, a fair play to anybody who gets anything away anywhere. To mm. be honest with you, because it's it's fucking hard, and, and I know from twenty four years of being freelance how hard it is to get mm. stuff on the telly. It really is difficult, and actually, it's getting harder because, mm. as I said, the more proliferation of channels should make it easier, but actually, it's making it more difficult um, because people are all chasing the same same, same viewer. So, so in terms of <coughs> if you're say there's a there's, there will be say there's a comedian listening to or a performer or somebody yeah. who wants to get on like a panel show yeah. or they want to get involved in TV yeah. maybe they have agent maybe they don't I'm yeah. not sure an agent gives them uh, David Quantic said I really like this quote he said mm. uh, an agent is sometimes like a Rolex watch like it's it's not really that much more useful than a regular watch but it makes you look better to someone yes. who you're trying to impress yeah yeah absolutely no that's absolutely true I mean mm. I always think about agents is that. They're, they're largely useless until you are successful. So, and an agent ain't really ever going to break you, really. I mean, and maybe I suppose, you know, the big ones, the you know, the Avalons and off the curbs can probably help break you and stuff. But at the same time, um, so I look at McIntyre, for example. Yeah, love him, I hate him. McIntyre is quite a really interesting example. So McIntyre was around for a long time, and McIntyre was a very average comic for a very long time. And you know, we would get him offered to do pilots and stuff like that, just to have a, a face on there. And you go, oh right, well, you know, get him, he's all right. And, and then suddenly, I don't know what, something switched with Michael, and he just started working really fucking hard. And and that's why he's massively successful he works really hard you might not like what he does or whatever but he works really hard and knows and and crafted what he what he was doing you know people like him or they don't like him but he he really knows his audience and that's why he's massively successful but i but i do think with with agents you know they're very useful to you once you once you've got a bit of traction but you can only really get traction yourself i think once you've got a product to sell essentially yeah yeah exactly um I think you've got to you've got to sell yourself and start making some noise yourself, whichever way you do. I don't know how you do. It. There's no there's no, you know, if we all if there was one specific way of doing it, we'd all be we'd all be massively successful, wouldn't we? I mean, I don't I don't know. People say you know, you know, how do you get into telly? What you know, how do you get ideas away? And you know, just look. Often often is the case. You know, or who you know, it's nepotism. It's mm. anything. You know, and. Uh, it, there isn't there isn't one way of doing anything, but um, I think if you just persevere and you're good, then eventually something will something will give, or maybe it won't. I don't know. Might you know, there's die, so right? many there were so many brilliant. You know, when I was starting out in telly and getting into comedy and stuff, there were so many brilliant stand-ups out there, like really, really top of their game. Not all of them made it. Not all of them got on the telly, and it's not wasn't because they weren't good. It was some they just got lucky. Something happened, and they got lucky, and they got you know a couple of them got massively famous, and a couple of others didn't. But they're still brilliant comics, you know, and they're still doing the circuit, and they're still working hard, and they're still coming up with new material and stu- material and stuff. But that must be incredibly frustrating when you're watching other comics who right. you know aren't as good as you. Yeah. But you know that's the same with everything. I think that was telly, you know. All sorts of useless chances to do well in, in telly. That's you know, it is the probably only fashion has more wankers uh, um, who, uh, who are 
who are empty and soulless and uh, than um, than telly it's pretty 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 you know it's just a it's emperor's new clothes it's all about confidence and um I remember when I started out as a runner, thinking working with working with these people who you know I was I, my first job in telly was working with Jonathan Ross mm. and <clears throat> and all the exec producers around and all the producers and thinking that fucking all these amazing people they know what they're doing and it's brilliant I'm in mean, awe of them and then gradually you realised oh actually they're frightened of getting found out as well so they they don't know either so and then you gradually a penny dot you think well actually my voice is as valid as anybody else's and actually. I'm a bit brighter than them, or I'm a bit funnier than them. So why shouldn't my voice be heard? And, so the, and just like as a massive penny dropped, mm-hmm. and um, uh, yeah, so telly's telly's full of people waiting to be found out. It's quite useful ammunition that I think, because mm. uh, you know, often uh, you know I, I talked to Dave Gorman about that sort of thing about telly and about how it ruins sometimes ruins comics because you get in a room of fifteen execs who then try and make your show try and make a show by committee and they water down what you are as a performer and actually they ruin it <laughs> and then like someone like Dave Gorman who's been doing, doing stand up and doing his show for fucking 25 years or whatever he's been doing it now he knows what's funny mm. because he, he does it all the time mm. he knows what he's doing so why would I impose on him mm. what he should be doing I, you know he knows what he's doing that's why that's why I think we have such a great relationship with talent and when people work with us they enjoy working with us because I respect what they're doing because they're mm. fucking brilliant at what they're doing mm. and they know their audience more than I do mm. so you know I, you know, I mean I think that about stand-ups just they're if anybody knows what what the show that they should be making they do because they know their audience um, and that's why you know that's why we end up <clears throat> but that's you're talking about Alan Davis you're talking about Ross Noble and mm. folk who are who are I've been doing it years, and they're fucking brilliant. They're mm. really good at what they do. So, yeah. so, so if you, so if you were a comedian who wanted mm. to get on a show, I mean, is it the case of just getting them, to, like, sending you a video, getting in front of you, getting you down to a gig, <coughs> or I mean, because obviously, I mean, you don't. I assume you don't really get. I mean, well, you do. You you, you write and produce and yeah. script and as well as commission shows. Yeah. So I suppose you also have a say in who goes on a panel show or who, like you said, in the Alan Davis show, like gets gets that extra. I don't want to call it an open spot, but it's you know what I mean, like a yeah, the the, the fourth chair. You yeah, know, we, we generally have a, like a. a chair for I mean the, the the desire is to have a chair for a younger younger comic and a chair for an A and other we don't right. always manage to get an A and other mm. uh, the A and other can be an author or a, mm. you know a presenter or somebody it's just somebody unusual you know mm. or an, you know, sometimes I've had a couple of actresses on there who aren't necessarily massively famous but I know and I know are fucking hilarious so I've just gone you've just 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 get her on it honestly she'll be brilliant mm. and um uh, you know, and they and they were they were fantastic. So um, I guess the best way is just to send me some stuff of you being funny. That really, that's that's that. It's the shiny beads of moving images again. Yeah. That's 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 the thing. I mean, I don't have ultimate say on stuff. Mm. It would be the production companies as well as what they want. And they, you know, sometimes it's depressing, but sometimes they'll if they deal with the big agents, then the agents will deal them. So mm. if you're going to get Jimmy Carr, you have to take this other person, mm. or be careful what I say here. Um, <laughs> or if you, you know, if you want, you know, if you want Jack D, then you've got to take somebody else. Mm. So that often that that those deals do take place, which is quite depressing. Mm. Um, 
but you know I there's tons of comics I really love I really love and they just don't get on telly enough and that's what that's what's quite that's what's brilliant about and you know so there's other people that wouldn't necessarily do do panel shows wouldn't do them because they don't like them they don't like the gladiatorial environment of them but actually that's what's great about the Ian Davis thing because it's actually much it's casual. It's, it's casual and it's mm. not gladiatorial you know people don't shout over each other and mm. they've got time and and uh uh, so it's it's a it's a lovely environment. It's nice and I love that show. I just it's just really lovely to be involved in and to go down down there and watch it. It's just really good fun to watch. Yeah, who who are your favourite comics? <coughs> you got like my favourite top five. Fucking hell. Uh, well, it's now you see you're getting me in trouble now. If I don't mention some of my friends, it'll be awful. Uh, Les, never Les Dawson, <laughs> um, Les Dawson, uh, Louis C.K. Obviously. Uh, we just had a conversation about Louis C.K. Mm. I just love Louis. That's such an incredible show. I would never be allowed to commission that. Mm. Uh, it's it just it's too dark and doesn't follow any rules. And you know it's you know try and pitch that. It's just extraordinary. Uh, oh God, who? Are, I mean, there's people like you know I, I, I'm, Lee Max, a really good friend of mine, mm. and I think he's just fantastic. I think he's amazing. Again, worked really, really, really hard. You know, I think not going out as a sitcom is consistently brilliant and the gag gag per minute on that show is I think better than any other British sitcom that's mm. been uh, that that uh, has been made in the last 20 years I really do I think it's fantastic phenomenal mm. um, uh, who else obviously obviously all the people I work with um, uh, <laughs> Ross and, and Alan it's turning and, into an acceptance and, speech yeah, a but, it, now. <laughs> but it, um, you know it's difficult to separate for me for comics comics I like and, to, and actually the people I like because I know them mm. I like them more you know as people you know I love Steve K. Amos he's a really good friend of mine uh, but it's partly because I know, I know him and he's such a lovely bloke you know um, and uh, you know it's even when even when Stephen has a bad gig, it's still a brilliant gig because mm. it's because he's so warm, you know, and that's a it's an incredible gift, you know. He should be doing, he should be doing the gen. If he was if he if he was twenty years ago, he'd be doing generation game, Stephen, because he's fantastic with with punters and, and people. Maybe a better question <coughs> for you is because that's the question I normally ask. Yeah. I've normally got reviewers, uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So maybe a better question for you is what are like your favourite TV shows? Maybe not. Maybe ones. Maybe maybe three you've worked on yeah. and three you haven't worked on that you wish you had. Right, things I've worked on. I worked on Shooting Stars when it first started. Mm. Loved, loved it. I mean, Jim, I mean, Jim and Bob are just fucking phenomenal. Bob Mortimer, mm. being in company of Bob Mortimer, is you know he's funny on the telly, but when you're mm. with him, he's the funniest. He's just the funniest man. He's just so funny. He's got a darkness mm. and a twinkle with him. He's so he feels so dangerous to be with. You feel like a child with him. Mm. He's he's amazing. So that was an amazing experience being taken the piss out of by those two for for uh, the three or four series was extraordinary again I, work, I said I worked on Big Mouth with Russell Brand which I really enjoyed it was a great experience because what was brilliant about that show is that no one watched it when we started <laughs> so no one no one gave a shit so we just did whatever we wanted to do and they found an audience and got really big and became a phenomenon you know it was it was extraordinary so I really enjoyed working on that that show um and then I think I think you know the stuff I'm doing now. I mean, I love as I said, I love as yet untitled. I love you know, I love Gorman. I, the, the, the shows I'm working on a day at the moment, I'm really pleased with. I'm really happy with it. stuff I wish I'd made. Um, <clears throat> uh, did you ever see Monkey Dust? That animation no. thing on um, the animation when BBC Three first started, and it was doing some really interesting, edgy thing. It's anima- animation. Look it up. It's fucking brilliant. Again, incredibly dark. Um, 
Louis I wish I'd made <laughs> it's unlikely that I would get the opportunity to make that and then just classics Steptoe and Son you know just love Steptoe and Son uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy love Laurel and Hardy oh, old school in that way um, starting to rain Shit. again What's the sky crying I have, I have one because you didn't because you didn't make the show yeah um, I have one last question then I'll yeah. quickly do that and then and then ask because what I normally do I ask one last question and then I ask for your advice on something and then right. we end it on that nice so one. last question uh, which is an actual question um, you Dave I'm going to say you but Dave yeah. sponsors the Leicester Comedy Festival yeah is that like sort of an incubator then for you for like new talent do you go there and scout for stuff or is that just literally a sponsorship deal <clears throat> uh, it used to be just literally a sponsorship deal but I make a point of going down there now. I actually didn't do it this year, but I have um, the last two years before that. Um, uh, I think it's really important we should try and put something back. I sound like a weird social worker. Um, <laughs> but I think it's really important. I mean, it it uh, hopefully will become that. I hope it will be. I think, you know, I think... And actually, I w- I'd like us to do something similar, similar in Edinburgh. We should be doing... I think we should be doing So You Think You're Funny or something like that. Um... You know, I think it's important for us to get to. You know, it's about relationships. It's about relate. Once you start relationships with talent and agents and stuff, it, it all helps. Mm. And you know, I want to. You know, I've got a job here, but also I want the comedy industry to do well. It's important mm. to me. You know, it's important to me. Like I was having a conversation today. I'm I'm so depressed about Channel Four, about what Channel Four has become. That it's not doing comedy entertainment shows anymore. I think it's really important as a as a as a you know, as a producer and, and somebody who's worked in comedy, that we have a strong Channel Four, and, it, and in that regard, and it's not, and it's really frustrating. So, uh, yeah, uh, the last comedy festival is is something we 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 put back into. You know, we do quite a lot. I mean, we do the joke of the year yeah. thing up here and stuff, which, um, and we do the obviously day party, which you, you should if you call, if you called me earlier, I would let you in. would got you in there. Um, I, I try. Oh, sorry, as long did you try? I, well, no. Uh, my friend Anita and Jeff Whiting. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. They, they went to it and they said, "Oh, come on down, we'll get yeah, you yeah, in." Yeah. And we got to the door and they went, "Sorry, you're not on the list." Well, and I was like, "Call oh, me, okay. I would have got you in." Oh, I um, bit later. <laughs> uh, next, next year. Next year. Yeah, next year. Next year. Uh, next year I'll give um, you an email. Yeah. Um, so yes, it it, it is. Um, it hasn't been in the past at the uh, nursery slope, but I'd like to hope that it will become so. Hmm. Okay, so. and yeah, because like you said, you do, you do, you already do like the award here, like yeah. with the joke of the fringe yeah. and stuff. I mean, is there any chance to expand on that? I mean, have you got plans mm. on that or uh, not at the moment? But they're always looking at stuff to make PR. I mean, like I said, the PR department and the, mm. and the, and the marketing department is fucking enormous. That, yeah. the, there seems to be hiring another ten every day, as yeah. far as I can see. So you know, there, there's just, just ways of getting, like you said before, about that brand, and it's mm. about getting the brand out there and. Mm. Uh, uh, any ways they can do that uh, it's, it's good I mean you know there is a perception within within the comedy world uh, hopefully that, that Dave support comedy I think mm. I think there is and um, you know we do and, uh, and we'll continue to do that sort of thing I think you know I'm, I'd, I'd like us to do to expand that and do some more stuff up here um, uh, out of interest why Leicester then like why because there's lots of comedy I don't know it was before my time oh okay I, don't, I genuinely don't know uh, but I think maybe it's because they can own it because it's mm. quite small and although it's getting bigger I mean yeah. Jeff's Jeff's does a fucking, done a fucking good job there yeah um, I interviewed him a few weeks ago yeah and he, and he convinced me to come <coughs> down to it this yeah year. it's really it's, good fun you know yeah. it's really good and it and because it's quite a small place 
it's it's great. It takes over the whole place, mm. and that's what makes it exciting. It's mm. because it's you know you, it feels as though the whole place is alive with comedy, mm. um, and because it's quite a small, then you can walk. F- you know, the venues are all very close together, and all that. Kind of, you don't end up having carves of steel like you do in Edinburgh, walking from from place to place. So. Um, yeah, I don't know why they chose that, but I think it. I think it works for them. I think. I mean, I think they review it every year as to whether they're going to do it or not. But I, I'm, I, it's a this relationship now. It's been going on for five, six years, I think. So, mm. and I don't see why it would would stop. Yeah, that makes mm. sense. Uh, mm. And as for the joke of the fringe, I mean, do you know how that even? Because you can't go and see every joke. Like, well, I would. I somebody told me. I, I every year, like this year and last year, people kept sending me saying oh you should see this person this, he's got this joke you should put that in there I have no control over it whatsoever one of the press girls uh, is in charge of it and I think they have some sort of committee that go around and see tons and tons and tons of shows I don't know how many about 10 people I think go and mm. see so maybe they do maybe they see a lot of stuff mm. but it's not something you can because people have tried and I've gone w- how does this work people are sending me stuff and saying you should go and see because these people have got brilliant one-liners and they went well that's not how it works we're not open for people mm. to to throw jokes at us so mm. yeah unfortunately it's not it's not something you can break mm. that um, so Fair sorry enough. that's cool and if, uh, if you had one bit of advice to give uh, let's say let's say a performer who is uh, either with or without an agent who yeah. wants to get on a TV show yeah uh, it might, might not be on Dave, just be a general <coughs> TV show. And maybe a performer, I don't want to say comedian because it could be anyone, yeah. but a performer or a writer who has an idea for a TV show they want to get on, what would you say? Uh, it could be positive and negative advice. <laughs> I would say, hey, make sure it's good. You know, <laughs> but I mean, I know, I know that's daft, but, but show it to people and make sure it's the very best of what, you you can do because often people you know are get so they harangue you and they they get stuff and you and you actually convinced but that there's something they've got here is really special and what and then you read it and it's shit and and that that's a problem I mean and that's always going to be a problem because mm. because everybody thinks they're brilliant but um, but you know uh, show it to some people who you trust who will be honest with you uh, and then persevere I know that sounds crap but persevere and you know, stalk people and make them, you know, not fucking me, don't stalk me, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, and know your audience, know your channel, know your audience. There's no point pitching, you know, uh, you know a, a Russian collective farming show to me. I can't, you know, I, I, I can't get that through. Uh, you know, it's... It, Realise what, what sh- stuff's on that channel and what stuff new stuff they're making and you'll very soon work out where they're going and what they're aiming at um, yeah I mean I, I don't know it's, it's so hard isn't it because you, cause what you want is a, is a magic bullet don't you, you know, and there isn't one is there it isn't, you know, I, I'm sure everybody says the same thing is, is there, isn't, there isn't one bit of advice that, that uh, yeah so if there's one thing I've learned in the last year from doing the podcast and from writing the show and from just generally trying to push myself forward in the industry and, for, yeah. and forward with my own audience trying to build that yeah. is you need to find your own way of doing it because if everyone did it the same way yeah. it makes it impossible and it also makes it boring yeah. and the only way you're going to stand out like you said when you when you guys like made that TV show that no one watched but yeah. you put yourself above the yeah. pr- precipice as it yeah. were you know it was interesting and interesting is the hardest thing to be more than anything and you need to be interesting and you need to be driven you know you know what I think it's uh, you can you know everybody can sit there and resent other people's success and resent and get really angry about the fact that some people 
you know jumped ahead and they got lucky or you know and they're not as good as you are or whatever but actually you can sit there and you can eat yourself up about stuff like that or you can just get off your ass and do do it for yourself and mm. sort yourself out but you know and like you say there actually are more opportunities now mm. bizarrely mm. not necessarily in telly but there is more opportunities to do stuff on uh, digitally and mm. put stuff online than there ever has been before mm. so uh, you know it, it's if you if you are good and you push yourself and you can be your own PR machine to a certain extent, then you know you'll get noticed. I, I mean, I, I, I certainly believe that. I really do. I mean, you know, like you say, I mean, having a big fancy pants agent may help you after that point, but um, initially it ain't going to help. I don't mm. think. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people on the books of those big agencies that no one's ever heard of, mm. and you know because they've only got so much time to to push, you know, and only so many staff to push you, you know, mm. and like, like I say, there's less telly space, there's mm. less time, there's less opportunity. That's why we're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true because yeah. there's less places to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a friend of mine who's doing. <coughs> I'm, I'm not going to mention who they are, but yeah. they're, they're doing really well. Yeah. But like, they can't get on telly. Yeah, and they think the reason for it is because what they do just doesn't translate to telly. Yeah, and no one wants to take a risk on them. Yeah, and uh, I even said to them, "Hey, I've got this person coming on today. Do you want to yeah. ask any specific questions?" Yeah. And they said, "No, no. It's it's a it's a channel that you know it's like a laddie channel, and yeah. they don't really have anything for me, and they they probably don't like anything I do, and they probably wouldn't like something I yeah. do, and it was just." It felt really down, and then I reread it, and I was like, "No, they're just self-aware yeah. that what they do won't work for you." Yeah. And so I said, oh, "I've got Sh- I've got Shane Allen coming on in a few weeks yeah. from the BBC," and they were like, "Oh, give me a message when that's <laughs> happening because I think it will work there." Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, it's just it's about being self-aware. I think. That's but it's like Shane's like me. Shane again, the stuff that Shane I'm sure would like to commission, mm. and then the sh- stuff that Shane commissions, mm. and uh, you know, Shane is a is a very funny, dark human being. And uh, but he's got to make stirs for BBC One, so mm. you know that's you know Frankie Boyle doing stand up ain't gonna ain't gonna do that on BBC on BBC One. You know, mm. I wish it did. I love Frankie Boyle, <laughs> um, but I, you know I think uh, you know, but it's you, everything's in your own in your own hands. You can't you know you've only got you know I'm 47 now. You know you've got to get on with it because <laughs> you'll be dead soon. <laughs> you know, and then you know. You you sit there at forty seven you res- and you regret not doing stuff earlier, I think, and no one's going to come up and drag you out of bed and say, right, I think you're really brilliant, and funny, get on the telly. You've just got you you know you've the only way you're going to only way you're going to get any better and the only way you're going to be seen is by doing stuff. Right, well, I think we'll end it there then. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah you, you want to go much. and get your get the flies out. Yeah, mate. thank you very much. Cheers. Uh, that was Ian. He's such a lovely guy. I really had so much fun chatting with him and hanging out with him. We actually did this recording in Edinburgh. I think we mentioned that a little bit in the podcast. And uh, yeah, I was just very happy they took time out from the TV festival, which he was originally up there for, to spend some time with us and to give us all of the benefit of his knowledge and wisdom. So Ian, if you're listening, why are you listening to your own podcast? That's a bit weird. And second of all, thank you very much for giving us so much of your time so readily. It was really appreciated. If you've enjoyed this, you might want to subscribe because I've got Shane Allen coming on soon. If you don't know who he is, he is the BBC Comedy Commissioner. And I've also got a bunch of other TV guests. So if you're enjoying this section of the podcast, you you might enjoy that. Also, please do join the Facebook group. It's called Ask the Industry. And of course, it's on Facebook, obviously. Um, it's the best place for you to get your questions asked for future guests. And also to find out future things that are happening around this project. Because this project is not just a podcast. There are live events happening and lots of 
other things in the pipeline that's what i'm going to say for now there are certain ways you can uh support the podcast as always there's one-off donations on paypal you can become a patreon from one dollar or 80p an episode or now you can buy my book the book is called how to make a living by working for free it is a how-to guide for artists to create a audience for their work through free content on the internet if you are enjoying my free content and you're enjoying this podcast please buy a copy it would really mean a lot to me. It would really validate the last two years of my life. And also, you get a book out of it that if you're listening to this podcast and you've enjoyed what we've talked about in this podcast and in other episodes of the podcast, you should almost definitely get something out of it. I'm going to quickly read you the synopsis from the back cover. This book is a how-to guide for artists to create their own online community for their work and how that community can support the artist to become sustainable in every way. This book takes a critical and in-depth look at the media's perception of free content versus the reality that the general public sees it as. If you're an artist in the modern age who wants a sustainable audience, you're no longer just an artist, you're a community leader. That sounds like something you might enjoy. Please do go and buy it. You can find it at bit.ly, that's B-I-T-L-Y forward slash how to make a living by working for free. If you can't find it there, you can go to Indiegogo and type in how to make a living by working for free and you should be able to find it there. But if you can't find it there, you can go to simonkane.co.uk and there is a link in the top bar of my website which will take you straight to where you can buy a digital copy for £5 or a paperback copy for £8. If you do that, you're a legend, quite frankly. But if you don't want to buy it and you can't buy it or, or you have to wait a few days to buy it, it's not a problem. It's going to be up for the next, what is it, three and a half, four weeks. So you've got plenty of time to buy it for when, you, for when you want to. But it would be really useful if you bought it as soon as possible so I don't have anxiety about the fact that nobody has bought it. Yeah, if you can't buy a copy, don't worry about it. Just share this episode with someone new who you think might enjoy it because they might buy a copy. But also, even if they don't, why not? It's just nice to share stuff, isn't it? So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you very much for buying the book. If you do, I will see you in about a week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.